I hope you guys are doing good this evening. Thank y'all so much for joining me. I see it's already lit in here. Folks are going in with the gifts and the memes. It's a lot to get into over the next two hours, child. So if you want to chime in, make sure your hand is raised so I can bring you up on stage. But it's been a lot of discussion as of late um, about the state of R&B. Is R&B dead? Now, people have been talking about the state of R&B for years now because I honestly feel like music is not the same as it was when I was younger. You know, um, it's too much merging of hip-hop and R&B. And I get it as far as music or maybe being featured. Like, let's say it's an R&B song featuring a rapper. We were used to that. But like I've said for a while, I can't even tell the difference between the rap girls and the so-called R&B singers. You know, I've called out Chloe for this, like she's so overly sexualized in her clothes and and the way she dresses. There's no difference between her swag and her style and a Cardi B or a Meg Thee Stallion. You know, I just feel like it's changed a lot. And the same can be said for the men. There was a certain level of standard when we were growing up. I remember, you know what, to be honest with you, to this day, I don't even like to hear cuss words in R&B music. I don't know why it I don't it just bothers me for some reason. Like I can listen to the most hardcore gangster. We about to do a drive by on a body type song. But again, if I'm going into that song, I'm expecting to hear, you know, what I'm saying tough stuff. I'm expecting to hear bitches ain't shit and, you know, niggas this and niggas that. It's still like, I don't know, when I listen to R&B music and I hear them dropping the N word and bitch this and it, it just doesn't feel right to me. It come, I don't know, it's just too vulgar for what I grew up listening to when it came to R&B. When it came to R&B, it was more sensual. They were telling a story. It made you feel good. But a lot of these new R&B songs, to me, are no different than hip-hop songs. It's like, it's just totally merged into hip-hop. Even the way they act, the way they dress, you can't really tell the difference now between these R&B artists versus these hip-hop artists. I mean, we're growing up, we had groups like Boys to Men, Jodeci, H-Town, and they all had their own type of swag. You know, uh, Playa, um, what is that group? My group, my group with the two twins, Jagged Edge. You know, they all had their own style and flavor, but you knew they were R&B. You know, even Destiny's Child, when they came out total, you knew they were R&B. They weren't trying to be rappers. They weren't trying to, they merged with rappers, don't get me wrong. They worked with rappers, but you knew it was an R&B song. And at this point, everything is so merged. Yes, SWV 702. It was about the vocals. You know what I'm saying? I never would watch a SWV video and expect them to like break down all this hardcore choreography. I, you know, I never watched Total rolling around on the ground in body, you know, in leotards and, you know, with their crotch wide open. They got up there and they did their job, which was to sing. Yes, immature, honey. You know, it was like, it was such a difference in the music back in the day. And when I tell you that versus battle really hurt a lot of people's, I don't, I, 
I guess you could say feelings, definitely ego. But a lot of people were really hurt watching that because even the excuses afterwards were bullshit. Oh, we couldn't hear ourselves. Oh, the microphones were tripping. Oh, this and that. Technical issues aside, there was a lack of respect on that stage. And uh, Q uh, Parker from 112, he came out and he did like a 20 minute video where he kind of ran it and he really held these guys accountable. And I really respect him because so many times we just let things fly by the wayside and we're too scared to call people out. You know, we don't have to knock these brothers and, you know, call them out their name and say they're not shit. Nobody's saying that, but what we're saying is that you come from a long line of people before you and you have to respect the craft, period. You have to respect the craft. If you're not going to respect it, then don't call yourself an R&B singer. You know what I'm saying? Call yourself a reality TV star, call yourself a rapper, but do not disrespect R&B and everybody who fought to get to where you're at, where you're making millions. Because remember back in the day, a lot of R&B singers didn't get paid like that. You know, people always put that Cadillac records move on them, gave them a Cadillac, but they have no money, no, no generational wealth to pass down. So the fact that these young men are able to eat and venture off from R&B and singing into selling noodles, Ray J and Scooty Bikes and, and earbuds and all this stuff, don't dare disrespect the craft just because you have money coming from all other angles. So I want to go ahead and play you guys a small clip of what Q had to say. Um, like I said, it was a 20-minute rant. I'm not going to play the whole thing, of course. But I want y'all to listen to what Q had to say about the situation in case you missed it. And I'm going to go ahead and start taking calls. I want to say that when Boys to Men gave my generation the torch, we handled it with care. I almost want to say that my generation didn't prepare the next generation properly because they missed it. They missed the mark, y'all. Third thing, syllabus page number 86. We ain't drunk on stage, yo. How you gonna be smooth and you inebriated? We can't. No, man. That's, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. That is not it, man. We don't do that. We don't do that singing each other songs because you think you can sound sing it better like that's just disrespectful it's disrespectful yo it's disrespectful man i had so many oh and then point number five and this is just this is when i'll just listen i don't care what happened on your live last week or whatever? Man, we ain't bringing no props on stage, bruh. Especially no fruit. I don't know. Man, that that action alone just set the R&B male genre back 15 years. And I get it. You wanted to, you know, emulate, you know, performing oral sex on stage but man you're a performer be be creative man there are way more classy sexy swagged out ways you could have emulated you portraying oral sex than a watermelon like i want to understand 
who was in the room when Omarion said, "Hey, tomorrow somebody don't forget don't forget don't forget to go get the watermelon, so we I can do that thing on stage, because whoever was the dude that went to get it went to get it. As a community, we need to fire that dude, because somebody needed to be in that room and say, "Hey, bro, that's whack as hell." It was, man. It was. Man, it was it was a clown act. That was, I was embarrassed. Number five, as if we ain't already in the midst of COVID and just for sanitary measures. Why you gonna bite the watermelon? Give it to a bunch of people you don't know. They gonna bite it. Then you bite it back, <laughs> bro. RL man, come on, come in here, man. Come in here, man, and, and talk. Cause you was raised the same way I was raised. It's right, so y'all just heard what Q Parker had to say. That is Q from 112. They have put in work for years. And so I'm just so glad that somebody in the industry who has lots of hits under their belt really caught caught out these guys because like he said even with O'Melon because that's what we call Omarion now him bringing out that watermelon was just a distraction you know when you're a true singer you don't need props you don't need to do all of that a true singer can emulate sex without having a physical prop okay so I, I just love the fact that he held him accountable and like he said we're we're dealing with covid and you're eating out of watermelon you're you're passing it off you're passing it off to the fans they're giving it back to you you know now imagine if everybody who ate that watermelon now gets covid it was just way too much going on and the ones who really took it seriously to me were mario sammy and pleasure p but then there was also a level of disrespect like she was saying you know the speaking over each other um, sitting there trying to outsing somebody, even though Ray J did a, a shitty, a, a porpoise job singing One Wish, it wasn't everybody else's place to jump in and sing it, you know? So there was just like a lack of disrespect amongst everybody, you know? So let me go ahead and start taking calls. Please raise your hand. Um, I'm going to start bringing people to the stage. Make sure you stay muted until I call your name. Um, let's see here. Tia Chanel, you're on the stage. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, T. Hey, everybody. Can you hear me? You sound really low. Okay, hang on. Let me see. Okay, that's better. That's way better. All right, all right. Hey, guys. So I'm an R&B girl, so I take this very personal. And I think it's funny because I caught your live the other day when you were saying you were going to do this show. And then this mm -hmm. weekend, Giveon was on and he sucked at the BET Awards. So I was like, oh, T done did it again. So... <laughs> <laughs> so first of all um i don't think r&b is dead i think it's on life support because like you said there's too much trap influence with the sound um not just with um r&b but even in gospel music they're trying to have like a trap sound to it because it's what's hot right now and um mm. i don't like it because you know i get a little embarrassed because you know people i was born in 1992 so people kind of mm. uh uh, clown me like oh you're always listening to uh them r&b from back in the day but it's like nothing moves me this these days you know um before yeah. it's like they have songs about when when you're falling in love or when you realize you have a crush on somebody or when you know like uh you want to make love to somebody not just get screwed like that's all it is now and r&b is just too whiny it's too whispery t they don't beg for coochie no more 
nobody begs for coochie anymore. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, um, I did my girl dirty. I'm going to go to the strip club and uh, forget about it. Like Genuine, Usher, all of them. They said, you know, that and Jodeci, all of them, uh, <laughs> they did that for us. They was in the bathtub, but they closed on crying. They was outside in the rain crying. They don't do any of that anymore, T. And mm-hmm. it's sad because there's still a market for R&B, but it's not being catered to. And a lot of artists, I feel like, are missing out on the bag by not having a good R&B um, track, personally. Right. Can you turn down the background? Because I can hear myself. Okay. It looks like it stopped. It was it was echoing. But yeah, and, and think about it. Bringing up Jodeci, let's talk about the Basement Crew. I talked about them when I did the whole Static Major deep dive. Now, yeah, I caught that video. Right. So as, as bad as sometimes people want to say about Devontae Swing, one thing about Devontae is he did not play. He took, he lived, breathed, and ate R&B. He was a songwriter, a dope singer. Now, granted, he could definitely be abusive. He gonna throw a chair or two. He gonna, you know, he gonna not feed the artist for a few days. But I Last think- Last name was Swing. Was, yeah, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? They didn't call him Swing for no reason. But the reason why he was also so tough is because he took it so seriously. And the reason why a lot of the people who are part of the basement crew took it so seriously and were willing to go through that is because they were hungry and they wanted it. They wanted to learn that talent. They wanted to learn about songwriting, producing, making beats. And look at how many people came from the basement crew who were successful. From Missy to Static to Timbaland, Magoo, you know, it, it, Genuine. They all came from that class. Even Stevie J, you know, he had right. dealing with them. And it's like back then, people had to really home in on their craft. You had to know how to play instruments. Like, as messy as Stevie J might be, like I always said, I would never take his talent from him. I mean, that man made beats just from dreams. And he would wake up and these beats would be in his head. His musical catalog and the things that he wrote and produced in the 90s for Bad Boys was insane. I don't get none of that vibe nowadays. There's no one that I can say is the next Devontae Swing, Stevie J, Static Major. I just don't see it. No, I, I agree. And, you know, it's crazy that with, you know, these upcoming, uh, you know, with millennials and Gen Z, we have this obsession with nostalgia. Like we want to dress like the 90s. We want to do all these reboots with these movies and um, these TV shows. But for some reason, y'all can't get the sound back. Y'all can't get that R&B music that, you know, um, that we love so much. Y'all want to redo everything but that. And that's what stands out to me more than even the fashion. Like It's the music because we play that all the time so much it gets sampled. And I hate how these new artists, they just disrespect the ones that came before them. They got so much disrespect for Usher, for all these people. Oh, they're old. They're washed up. That man can right. still sing and dance at the same time. And y'all could barely even sing and want to blame equipment and say it's the mic, it's this, it's that. And I just, I really don't like that. And I just feel like soul has left R&B. There's no soul. And it's almost mm-hmm. kind of like, it's like a trance when you listen to it. Like, like it's like, you know, it's hypnotizing you. And music tea, especially R&B, it's not long anymore. The songs be two minutes you know, yeah. and it's like, and it's just overtly it? sexual. And, you know, even like when you look at the videos, it has nothing to do with the song. Like even that Chloe song, the first one that she came out with, which I thought was a cool kind of a club banger. But then when I watched the video and the boy goes missing and she turns into Medusa, what the hell does this have to do with R&B? Like, I didn't, I didn't leave that video feeling good. Like I left scared. I needed to pray. Like what, like, what is this? 
Like when right. we watched R&B videos back in the day, they were fun. Think about the TLC, What About Your Friends? All those bright colors and everybody dancing and, you know, at college. We don't see videos like that anymore. Or There's like no story like a, like red light special, like mm-hmm. one in a million is like people don't understand the simplicity of being sexy and sensual. They just think, let me flash my coochie and my butt and my boobs. And like, no, that's not what draws people in. And I don't understand why it's so hard and why people keep missing the mark. But, you know, like I said, um, this is my genre. I still, I actually saw 112 uh, last month. Uh, it was just slim and some backup dancers, but he sounded great. John V sounded good. Um, they still sound great. And so uh, I just I just hate that they get disrespected. And like you said, it's pretty privileged because boys to men, I'm sorry. All right. Those mm-hmm. men have no sex appeal. They have zero. They owe sex appeal. But I don't listen to them because I I find them attractive. Their music hits me different, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's nice to have an artist who looks good. But what's the point if they're not talented? Right. And that's another thing we have to understand, too. You know, the new generation beefing with the ones that came before them. We only do this in hip hop and R&B in the black genres. Like white people revere their old rock stars. You know, what I mean, them old rock stars to this day, U2, Rolling Stone and whoever else, yes. they can go on tour, kiss. Yes. And it's just a level of respect. They wouldn't dare disrespect those who came before them. We have Young, you know, the new generation going at it on Twitter and Instagram with the, oh, you old, you washed up. We the best group. We this, we that. And it's like, yo, they paved the way. You have to show respect to these people. Like Jacquees saying he's the king of R&B. Sir, you are the jester, okay? I hate, I hate when he does samples. And he was at the concert too. I ain't gonna lie. He sounded good. He got a lot Mm -hmm. of stamina. He put on a good show. But sir... You are no Jodeci, you are no Usher, you are no Keith Sweat. He's nasty, but you don't even R. Kelly. So you just need to, there's no humility. And I just, I don't respect it, T. But yeah. <laughs> that's all I had to say. I know you got other callers. Okay. Um, so yeah, you guys have a good night, uh, T and T sippers. All right, Tia. Thanks for calling in, sis. Bye. Bye. All right, let me go ahead and bring on Muchilla. Muchilla, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, T. Hey, sis. How are you? I'm fine. I just got a little cold. Um, you know what they did? They took love out of R&B. They took the love out of R&B and they took, they don't let you have an imagination. They tell you, they reveal too much when, when they, when they write. I had, I was writing with a young guy and I was like, that's too much. Were you saying how you're going to lick this and lick that? No. Leave it to the imagination. Right. Some things don't have to always be said. So today's show sponsor is BET. College Hill is back with a twist. Now streaming new episodes every Thursday, only on BET+. The beloved BET series levels up and takes eight music, movie, and social media stars back to school on College Hill Celebrity Edition. The stars take over at HBCU, Texas Southern University, because it's never too late and you're never too famous to get a real education. You'll get to see Ray J, Nene Leakes, Lamar Odom, India Love, Dream Doll, Big Frida, Slim Thug, and Stacy Dash living and learning together. With a cast like this, it's too wild for TV. Still need BT Plus? Your timing is perfect. 
For a limited time, new subscribers can stream Black Culture, including College Hill Celebrity Edition, at an unbelievable price of $3.99 a month for the first five months. The special offer ends June 30th, so visit bt.plus now for the terms and learn more. Because then you have more curiosity, and what does curiosity mm-hmm. do? Kill the cat, meow. Okay, so I'm just <laughs> saying, like, you know... I mean, think about it. I mean, when I was younger and we were in junior high and we were singing things like, I want to go downtown. Yeah, but you didn't know what it was. We didn't know. I thought it was going to downtown Minneapolis. We would sing that. We're going to downtown Minneapolis. And we would sing it. It wasn't until I got grown. I'm like, oh, damn. So that's what it means to go downtown. Okay. But, you know, that was the whole point. That's sensual where you could listen to it and not really understand what they meant. But it was okay. Because it was fun. It, it made you feel good. And then once you got older, you were like, damn, that was that was kind of freaky. But yeah, now it's just, uh, yeah, you got to suck my dick. You know, it's like, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to sing that. You know, make it more classy. Like, make it fun. Like you said, leave something to the imagination. Right. They, they, like I said, they, they took the, the love out of R&B. They just made it straight effing. And that's mm-hmm. what it is. And that's not what it's about. That's why everything's, uh, everybody's a jump off or this, that. Uh, It's just, I feel like they did that for a reason because they wanted hip hop to surpass R&B because look at the music that they're putting in the forefront for black people and look at what it's doing to our communities. Hmm. It's, it's they basically suppressed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, R and B the category now is so small, and even like with a lot of these artists, you have more white folks now considered R and B than even black people. You're absolutely right. The last couple of awards, they were won by by white artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it's like they. How can I say it? They basically, and and not only that, they took a lot of the songs that we would write for R&B that are not as raunchy. Those become country songs. Mm Mm-hmm. Think about it. Right. And they remember Candy was writing for a country artist. You said who was? Candy was writing for a country artist. Remember they showed it on on Housewives Mm -hmm. when she was writing for some writing country music. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, who's the and other one? K. K. Michelle, Michelle too. K. Michelle, right? So it's but, like, but the thing is, they're very protective about their country music. Look how long K. Michelle has been trying to fight to even be recognized as a country singer, and she really can sing country. She can yodel on all that stuff. Look how much of a fight there was for Little Nas X. They didn't want him anywhere near country, but see, they're exactly. going to protect what they what they want their craft to be. Whereas with us, we let anybody just come to the table and you know and take it over and run it off. They, they yeah. take it over. Yeah. Come to the table, sit down, take all your silverware and stuff when they leave. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a mess. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for letting me speak. Okay. Thanks for calling in, sis. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah, y'all are making some good uh, points in the chat. You know, um, it's changed a lot. Even like um, really talented R&B singers, like somebody said in the chat, Jamie Foxx. You know, Jamie Foxx is a talented singer, songwriter, 
you know, you just don't get a lot of that. Like everything is so manufactured nowadays. That versus battle was just like, it was just a disgrace. There's no other way to describe the stuff that was going on. And like even Q was saying, them drinking, that was a big no-no. Like you never saw people drinking on stage visibly. You know, and we saw that with Soldier Boy during his uh, versus battle. But he's a rapper, but they're taking shots of, you know, liquor and, and all this other stuff. They're out there with the liquor in their hand. How can you sing and you're inebriated? How can you sing and you how can you take it seriously when you're drunk? You're not supposed to drink until after. Put on a good show and then go backstage and get toe up and, you know, celebrate the fact that you put on a good show. Don't come out here and get drunk on my dime. You know, so it's it's a mess. Let me go ahead and bring on Treshawn Sullivan. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, what's up, T? Y'all can hear me good, okay? We can. How you doing, Treshawn? I'm pretty good. I can't complain. Uh, I just okay. wanted to say, uh, in my opinion, I, what I've seen online is some people saying that R&B was dead because the vocals were subpar. And mm-hmm. I want to say in the aspect, that isn't all the way true because you have R&B legends like Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, who voice were not in the best shape later on in their careers, but mm-hmm. that was due to either genetics or drug use or whatever that may be. So necessarily not having good vocals doesn't mean that R&B is dying, but if they are purposely not taking care of their vocals, like drinking on stage, smoking weed, doing all these bad factors mm-hmm. that they know is not good for your voice, then I do think in that aspect that is contributing to R&B dying as well as the fact that since I want to say 2010, to me, the the main genre they pushed has been rap since the 2010s. So that kind of pushed R&B to the side. And as rap grew more popular, people stopped wanting to hear R&B and requesting R&B on the radio or buying R&B records because trap is what's pushed. Hip hop is what's pushed. Now mm-hmm. I do kind of see hip hop taking a backseat. I see this EDM house music, dance music wave coming. So we might see an upshift soon with rap. But to me, I think R&B is on life support. It's not all the way dead, but right. it is it is struggling very hard right now. Now, let me ask you about this. Like, for me, do you feel like sometimes as, you know, Black artists or performers, we kind of get comfortable and you know we're we're comfortable with the disrespect. I had said this when I did my live stream that the disrespect for me came from not just the verses, right? The overall verses battle, the people who are running the verses, the fact that it's just so lax. They were saying that there was no sound check. You know, their their earpieces were messed up and all this stuff. Would they have done this if this was a bunch of white artists on stage? And for the black performers. If this was a, a white audience, right, who paid their money to come see them, would they have been comfortable coming out there with shots of Hennessy, talking over each other, you know, being unprofessional? Why is it that when we see a black face, right, somebody on stage performing or a black audience, we don't give them the same level of respect that if the, if the races are reversed? Do you get what I'm saying? I definitely get what you're saying. In my opinion, it comes off like a form of familiarity. So, they feel like, oh, we're around my people, so I don't got to be professional. I can treat them like my homie, my friends. You know, I can let out. But at the end of the day, I think we deserve that professionalism, too. Because when mm-hmm. you lay off on that, well, then that's where these mistakes come. There's no sound check. You're drinking. Your voice sounds ashy as hell. And that's because you think when we're the homies and you think we don't deserve the professionalism that you would have gave the white people. Because they definitely would not have done all of that if that was a white audience. No, they wouldn't have. And even them being late, even the show being over two hours late 
to me was extremely disrespectful. Like I said, I had been running around doing stuff all day. So, I mean, I wasn't sitting around waiting for them. But I know a lot of people had been. People had to be at work the next day. So it's like, as the Black community, we want to support these brothers. We want to support these sisters, all these people who come on Versus. Because it's something that we created as Black people during the pandemic, right? We created exactly. this. We hyped this stuff up. So we want to show support. But also in return, those artists have to respect the fact that your fans were the ones who made you who you are, you know, not saying them as a person, but their career, you know, the money, the fame, the status. So just something as simple as being on time shows respect. And the fact that it seems like every versus people are an hour, two, two and a half hours late, that is ridiculous. Absolutely. And it's always us. And I don't know, I think I've seen a couple of white verses and they were definitely on time. They had their stuff together. The ones that involved the white people that I've seen. So I'm like, why can't we have this same level of professionalism when it comes to our people? Right, right. Well, thank you so much for calling in. You made a lot of good points. It was good talking to you. I'm good talking to you too, T. All right, bye. Let me go ahead and bring on um, Comfort J. Comfort, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hi, T. Can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you perfectly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Are you still in L.A. or you made it back? Nope, I made it back last night. Well, so I'm in Minnesota, but I'm going to be leaving in like literally 48 hours. I got to get back on the road again. Okay. So, yeah, it's traveling season for me. Have fun. Be safe. Thank so, you. As it relates to all this, um, just R&B being dead and, and all this conversation, mm-hmm. um, I think what Q came on, because he, I mean, truly sounded pained and not in like some corny way or anything. But right. Like, he wasn't, it wasn't disrespectful. With, he was really no, hurt. You could tell. Yeah. It, like just concerned with the art form, you know, something that's so like intrinsically ours and like where it's going and what we're doing with this, you know, like this gift, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I feel as though, I, I want to say maybe it was Tia that said it, and then this uh, the second lady that came on. I apologize, I don't recall her name, but um, aside from love being gone, right? And these, I think it's just an overall like like indictment on just where our society and culture is going to. You know what I'm saying? Because like mm. when um, Homegirl said that you know they don't beg for coochie anymore, it's like well because they don't have to, right? This right. is the first. Like when you think about it, this is the first like wave of R&B and such that we're getting from this social media generation of kids, this generation of kids that had porn in their pocket at 13 because you can Google, you know, any type of crazy porn video or, you know, can have hookups and all types of things so much Mm. younger and younger and younger. And, you know, guys don't have to put in the same effort to even have sex right you know I mean, even that's a that's a really even good at our time you have to like, go out to dinner now you don't even have to do anything right you just slide in somebody's dms and they'll just boost it because of your follower count they'll yeah so when your day-to-day is like that how would we not expect that to be reflected in the music right mm. there, there, there's no chase in the music because there's no chase in real life girl you better preach like, we live in a swipe culture. We just swipe left or swipe swipe right. Uh, yeah, everything's right. so so yeah. instant. So there's no need for for metaphors and analogies and everything. It's just like take your panties off. Let me do you real good. The end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And it's like, um, aside from that, it's also that there's no like gatekeepers anymore. I mean, so many people can break into the industry 
just off of, you know, I don't know if SoundCloud's still popping or whatever, but it's just like there's no gatekeepers anymore. And, you know, as as problematic as the Puffies and stuff were and the Andre Harrells or Gordy's or whatever, there was still someone there saying there's not the feeling in your R&B. Even like Puffy on is like making the bad. He's just like, you know, your vocals are, are naked. You don't sound like you like you are feeling it. So yeah, you're not getting goosebumps. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just like there's no one gatekeeping the lyrics. There's no one gatekeeping the the tone or even the intent. And then um, aside from just the quality of the R&B, there's also just fewer R&B singers because it's just so much easier to break in as a hip hop person. Someone that's multi-talented like Chris Brown, if he had the choice, like, remember, like, I remember him saying, like, when I was choosing between being a rapper or R&B, I went to R&B for the ladies, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, that's not even necessary anymore. Right. So, like, when they're sitting there and they're choosing to be rappers because there's just a lower bar to get in there, you only have to get your one little 15-minute uh, hit, and it's it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just right. pushing low vibrational stuff in all directions, whether it's rap, whether it's R&B being so gutter now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, just really quick to touch on Omarion, like it was so shameful because he didn't even understand the audience. Like he really thought that he was strictly performing in front of, you know, a scream two or three or whatever crowd of like 15 year olds or 20 year olds. There are grown men in that audience. Like why? These are all adults. No one is amused. No one's like, you know, blushing because, oh my gosh, he's grinding on the ground. Nah, we've been there. We done seen it. Just stand up, do a little jig, sing your songs and keep moving. Like he was doing so much hairdress. I mean, like his hair changed, his clothes changed. So many people on stage and Mario just had his microphone. Right. It's like, but again, that's the difference between somebody who can really sing and it's about their talent than distractions, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not impressed by the booty shaking dancers. I'm not impressed by the watermelon. Sir, we came to hear you sing. Mm-hmm. You took on this challenge and for you to basically disrespect the audience with this watermelon fiasco, which just it was silly. It was embarrassing. And then to have the nerd to throw shade at his group members is it's yeah, very interesting because right, because it's like literally that's when it's why you're at where you're at is because of B2K. Because mm-hmm. up until this point, I had assumed he could sing. But now we see it was exactly. the B2K people who held you up. <laughs> exactly. Right. And it's not even, it's sad because it's not even like a Jada Kiss dip set situation where it's just preparation versus lack of preparation. It was like really talent versus like smoke and mirrors. It was just so yeah. like. Oh, you you almost feel bad for him. But then really quick, like one of the other girls said something about or, you know, just not respecting the platform, like coming two hours late, doing this, doing that, all that. Yeah, I said that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I agree with that. But when it comes to something like the soundtrack, soundtrack, I don't even think that was a matter of maybe not being as professional because I you damn straight that someone like ron isley and them made sure they had their sound check so i think that's more of like a reflection on those artists necessarily 
Yeah, because they should have demanded a sound check. Absolutely. I mean, that's just that's just what you're supposed to do. I don't care if you're about to do a podcast, if you're going to do, you know, if you're gaming on Twitch. You want to yeah. make sure that the sound and the audio is clear and that you can hear everything. You're getting ready to put on the show, but it just goes to show you they didn't think to, you know, they didn't take it seriously because of the right. platform it was on. Exactly. And aside from that, don't act like between all your your hair changes and your clothes changes, you never asked how I sound. Like, come on now. Like, mm-hmm. stop it. You had time to say, oh, it's not sounding right. Get me another mic. Switch mics with Mario if you think it's that. You know, like, just stop. But Right. Okay. To say. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for those great points, sis. It was good talking to you. You too. Bye. Bye. Somebody in the chat says we all need to be compensated for wasting our time and watching that versus. I second that, Simone. I definitely agree. Let me go ahead and try BL Sherelle again. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, we can hear you now. How are you? Okay. I'm good, sis. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, y'all. So I actually disagree with you guys on this. Mm-hmm. I love R&B. I love old school R&B, of course. But I feel like, yes, has it evolved? Yes. I don't think it's all bad. I think that it depends on your algorithm. It's like Instagram. It depends on what you're consuming. So just to name a few, like Sarah's phenomenal. Nick Hakeem is phenomenal. Since we all know she can't really sing like that, but her her writing skills are phenomenal. When mm-hmm. Chloe's with Holly, that's great. Ari Lennox is great. Snow Allegra is great. Anderson Pack is great. Cleo Soul is phenomenal. These are artists who have live instrumentation, um, great songwriting skills. Like I said, do we have the powerhouse R&B now? No, but I feel like it has evolved into something that is beautiful if you're if you know the right people to listen to, right? So that's my number one point. Then the substance, the content. I feel like international R&B has taken over for that love talk. Like, where's kids make me feel so good? Thames makes me feel so good. She has mm-hmm. single-handedly saved my life. <laughs> like, you know, just listening to her music just put me in a great vibe. So I'm glad that they're dominating right now because the industry follows where the money is. Like, they're going to chase whatever sound is creating the money. And, you know, the international artists are more tapped into their old-school love format of songwriting, and I feel like it's going to bring... America back as well once they kind of take over everything. So I, I'm wondering if it's part like chicken or the egg, like is, is it the audience? It's the same thing with uh, conscious rap. People say, oh, we listen to all they got is this low frequency stuff, da, da, da. but they're going off of what you guys are listening to. That's that's dictating what they're going to keep creating. Um, so there's that. Um, and real quick with the uh, Giveon thing on BET, I think Giveon is very talented. I think what happened to him was a lot of times the mics have auto tune in them. So when you're singing or rapping or whatever, auto tune in them. I didn't know that. Yes, yes. So the mic actually is can be auto tuned, and and if you don't know what key that auto tune is in, when the words come out of your mouth, you're gonna sound crazy because you don't know what key. But you're supposed to know. So if, if I think what happened was I think his mic was in the wrong key, and when he went to sing, it just sounded so crazy, which is why they you know, switched out the mic or whatever, because I think they had it in the wrong case. That's just like some behind the scenes stuff. But um, one more point too. So mm-hmm. 
I feel like because we don't have powerhouse as many powerhouse singers, um, I think what happened was a lot of songwriters have been able to become artists. Like back in the day, you know, the, the best songwriter had to write the, write the hit for Fantasia or write the hit for, you know, the powerhouse person. But now, because of technology, now the songwriters are able to write their own songs and perform their own songs as artists. So they might not be like the best dancer or they might not be the best vocally, but they're great songwriters. And white white artists have been doing that for a long time. Like the, the, the singer-songwriter people. Um, but they had an own lane. They was always singer songwriters. And I feel like at R and B we just group all our people together so these things are not like separated. But if we separate it, like this is like more singer songwriter R and B, those are a lot of the whisper girls and stuff like that. Um and we brought well, back I mean, powerhouse. Like Moody Long. Like Moody Long is doing her thing. You know, she's been like right. forever and now she's singing. But what did you think about the verses overall, like the verses back oh. in general? So, I mean, I was thoroughly entertained. I was entertained. It was horrible. It was, it was an S show, you know. But I was entertained by it. <laughs> I, it was a moment. I was entertained. It was, a, it was a cultural moment. And those are not new artists. That was a verses. They are from the last era. So, you know, I don't feel like this verses should reflect the current state of R&B because it doesn't. That's the old era. But I feel like, you know, you got people who make money in other ways and they're not really sing- Ray J's not a performer at this point. So, um, but it, it, was, it was horrible. Is that he's not a performer and people giving him grace. I'm like, this is a 40 year old man. Like I know Ray J doesn't age, but he's not 21. This is a grown man. So either you're going to come and bring it and act professional or just don't sign up. You know, I think they just shouldn't have signed up if they weren't going to take it seriously. That's true. That's true. Okay but I, I wonder. Get your bag. <laughs> what, well, what happened to the powerhouse girls? Like, I feel like they were still making music, but a lot of people wasn't trying to hear that, which is why I was so glad that Jasmine Sullivan's project this last year was so successful. And I love her recipe, and I wish that she would take that and put it in other girls because she's a writer. So write for the Fantasians, write for the Jennifer Hudsons because she was able to element both worlds, you know, like the new R&B versus the the powerhouse girls, and and create a good a great balance. So I would like to see that for like some of the other you know great singers as well. Definitely, definitely. Okay, well, thank you so much for calling in. It was good talking to you, sis. No problem. Thank y'all. All right. So let me go ahead and bring on Augustus Cole. Augustus, go ahead and unmute your microphone. All right. And good evening, everybody. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Love to see. Um, well, I'll say to the question, is R&B dead? I'm not going to say it's dead, but it's definitely, like you said, it's uh, it's been beat up and it's limping. But <laughs> it got jumped up the street. <laughs> it, got, it, it took a few hits, but... Uh, like to one young lady said earlier, uh, like you said, you don't get R&B that's talking about love, relationship, heartbreak. It's either about fucking, drinking. It's not even about having a good time. I just think uh, with the verses, that showed the exact, that showed two things. It showed that Omarion, he only really had a career based on his popularity, looks, and his dance move. Because I grew up in the age when B2K first came out. I think I was in like the sixth grade when they came out. And mm-hmm. and Mario came out right around that same time. And you see that, you know, like I said, sex appeal trumps talent. 
because Omar, because how he looks, he got more of a chance. You know, they got more popularity versus, you know, a person like Mario, who's got a raw singing voice, a raw talent that mm-hmm. he, got, he got in the game. But I remember a time where he was an opening headliner on the tours that they used to do. And he never really got his full exposure or the full shot, I think, uh, until he came out with his that uh, second album, Turning Point. And I think that'll be like 20 years in 2024. I think that's where he, you see him. He's got that real chance to show what he can do. Because even to this day here in Memphis, uh, Let Me Love You, that still get played on the radio. Oh, yeah. We still hear it here in the Midwest, too. That's so, still my jam. So I think that's more of a testament that, you know, you know, Mario, he'd had his time. I think Mario, with the right production and the right people, he could get a second chance at his career or kind of get that, you know, we get to hear more grown content from him. But mm-hmm. definitely when it comes to the current state of R&B, black male R&B, I, like I said, it's been beat up. It's on crutches. It's got a busted lip. Because uh, that's like when I think of people who not, you know, black or, you know, people of color like Bruno Mars, you know, he's probably more considered pop, but when he does do an R&B album or if he did say, you know, like 24 Care was more like a New Jack Swing type of album, it mm-hmm. was really good. So I think if he did like a 90s R&B album, it's going to kill, even though he's maybe not considered a traditional R&B artist. But I just think uh, a lot of the music is good, but I still love a lot of the old school music like on a given day, I could be listening to Troop. And even though Troop was early in the 80s and I was born 89, so, you know, like a lot of people like, how do you know about that? But mm-hmm. it's just the old school music going to stand the test of time while a lot of the music that come out now or was out back then is probably gonna, not going to stand the test of time. But, uh, yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see who ends up being the legends in, like, I guess the generation that we grew up in. As far as like, you know, R&B and, well, let's just say R&B. But like, you know how they had like the Aretha Franklin's, the Diana Ross's, Luther Vandross's. Who's going to be that for our generation? Like I see Usher. Um, but again, with some of the disrespect and some of the people not want to pay homage, are we going to give them that same level of respect and admiration that we gave to the Luther Vandross's and the Diana Ross's and things like that? you know, for yeah, this generation. I, I mean, yeah, we got the Beyonce's and Ariana Grande's too. Yeah. It, it, each generation, you know, you got the people who don't talk shit and then you got the people who don't pay homage and respect. But I just think, uh, I guess, like I said, the current state of music now, like I said, somebody said earlier, you know, you can get, you can get a record deal just off of one song and you not really went through the process of, uh, process and like developing artist development, the A and R and all that different songwriters and stuff like that. So you can hit off with just one viral song. So, like I said, it's not enough gatekeeping or at least enough vetting. Like, okay, let's see if this person can really rap. Can they write an album or a song, or are they just single hits? Like they can make a good club banger, but they can't really make an album. So I just think right. it's it's not enough emphasis on. You know, it's not enough emphasis on the craft and the musicianship, but like I said, right now art R and B is is kind of like I say on crutches because I'm listening okay. to stuff from 10, 15 years ago. But hopefully, it'll get better. Hopefully, before I'm 40, we'll get some good music again. 
Hopefully. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Augustus. It was good talking to you. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. All right, let me go ahead and um, bring on, looks like Cecily. Hello. Hello, hi. Hey, T. Hi, T. Supers. Nice to be here this evening with y'all. Um, Definitely I, welcome. Yeah, I'm an R&B junkie. I'm here in uh, Houston, Texas. <laughs> I got a 12 and a 14 year old and anytime we're in the car going down the highway, we are listening to R&B. And so they would tell me like, oh, I'm getting, we tired of you listening to R&B all the time. And uh, recently I went to a concert and I let them come with me. They knew every song. So I do, um, I do feel like the generations, um, what we used to listen to versus what we listen to now, it influences uh, the generation. But I'm going to um, start with the verses. And mm-hmm. I think that Omorion, he needed B2K. They, he needed B2K up there with him. He was basically a spinoff from B2K. That's how he gained right. his popularity. And all those fans in the audience, um, when I was in the chat during the verses, a lot of people were saying they didn't know those songs that Omarion. Now, I knew some of the songs he was singing, but some of them were saying they didn't even know those songs. It's because they're fans of his because his because of B2K. B2K, right. They knew the B2K songs were not his personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I feel like he missed out on that. And even if they had the little beef, I think we should be um, old enough to kind of put that stuff aside. And he should have been able to share the stage with them because, look, he got clowned. He really did. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mario took every advantage, uh, every opportunity to clown him. And um, it kind of worked. He got Omorion off of his game and uh, he really couldn't get back on it at that point, you know? So Mm -hmm. it looked, it was a little, uh, it was a little disappointing, but I definitely was entertained by it. I had my little chuckles here and there, Um, but uh, I do see how it was kind of disrespectful thinking about what um, what the guy from 112 said. It, it it was disrespectful and it was, you know, a, a little catty at times. But um, I do think that R&B is not extinct, but it's definitely an endangered species. I remember okay. um, growing up in the 90s, I, I was born in 81, so I came uh, the whole 90s, nothing but R&B music, the uh, 112, Mint Condition, Babyface, like all that. So, um, I remember that the rappers back in the day, like Tupac, he had John B on the hooks. DMX had Cisco on the hooks. Whereas now the R&B artists, they think they can't have a hot song unless they get a rapper on the hook. And back in the day, it was the other way around. Like the hottest rap songs would have females singing on the hook, you know, would have a little mm-hmm. R&B in on the swag. Um even like the kids in school now, they listen to like the NBA young boys and stuff like that. And me having two uh, girls, they kind of tell me how the boys are now. Like boys don't have problems hitting little girls. They don't have problems calling little girls the B word. And um, when I was growing up, if uh, if you wanted the finest girls in school, you better have some kind of smoothness, some kind of swag about you. That little thuggish stuff didn't really work on the girls back then. They wanted we wanted the pretty boy, you know. We wanted the boy mm-hmm. that had some smoothness about them. But it's kind of like what our kids, what the kids now are growing up listening to, it kind of influences their personality, you know. Um, it does. I, yeah, I'm going to make an example. It was a little guy that liked my daughter. And um, she was friends with him and stuff. But when uh, when she said she didn't feel the same way about him, 
like he was like real quick to cuss her out and call it a B word. And I told her, I was like, guys didn't do that back then. Like, you know, it was more respectful time and music really does have influence, you know, influence on them. And I feel like he was probably soft inside, but he felt like, you know, he was getting played or he had to be, you know, hard about the situation, which I do think that um, all comes into play with what we listen to, you know, because I remember we would, yeah, they would turn the radio down or change the channel, you know, for certain stuff uh, back then. But now... Sometimes I hear people listening to certain things in the car with their kids that, you know, we definitely couldn't listen to uh, growing up. Okay. Well, thank you so much for calling in. It was good talking to you. All right. You too. Okay. Bye. Um, Let me go ahead and bring on Aaron Womack. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, T. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing blessed. You know, I'm in this sunny Miami, well, yeah, Miami weather. You know, I just moved from New York to, to Florida, so... I know that's right. Really happy about that with the Coast Guard. Um, so about my opinion about R and B, I'm kind of with uh, BL. It's mm-hmm. all about the algorithm or um, or what you're listening to because there are artists like she mentioned. There's mm-hmm. like Alex uh, Isley, you know, Division, Masego, Eric Bellinger. These people just don't get the recognition that they deserve, you know. And I think that's what the thing is. Like these artists that are super talented, they are out there, but it's just. What are you looking for? What are you trying to listen to? And that kind of thing. I grew up in the 90s. I'm a 90s baby. I was born in 1991. So I grew up on the next, the mid conditions, the guys, the shy, you know, all that. Dave Hollister, one of my favorites. <laughs> Talented, you know. And so it's just a different, it's a different wave or a different generation. And so but why do you is always we have to search for them. Because some of these names, to be honest with you, I don't even know some of the people that you just named. Whereas okay, back so in the day, it's like you knew who Mint Condition was. You knew who David Hollister was. You, you know what I'm saying? So right. what, why do you think that is? Because I get what you guys are saying. The algorithm definitely plays a, a part of that. But I also feel like, too, it's like social media and even yes. the social media culture, they love to push the antics. So if you're not a messy R&B singer who's, you know, in drama or twerking online, mm-hmm. we don't see you because you're not going viral. Exactly. And that's the, that's the problem because a lot of these people, they're very talented, but we don't know anything about them. They're not being pushed. So do you think there's a bigger picture? Because a lot of these talented people back in the day in the 90s, they were pushed. We knew who all these artists are. And we don't get that same love for these ones that are trying to come up and get in the game. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and it's uh, we're in a different generation with technology, right? So mm-hmm. whereas we used to buy cassettes and CDs or burn them, you know. And then LimeWire and stuff like that, you know, allegedly we used to use. (laughs) (laughs) But like here now you have streaming service, you have access. It's music is so international. It's so it's you can get it at at your fingertips, you know, Mm -hmm. and we didn't have that back in the 90s, 80s, 70s, so forth and so forth, even in the early 2000s. So I think it's just more that it's so saturated that you have to be in the know or your friends have to um, shoot out this person for you. Like, hey, I, my, one of my friends has hit me up with Leia. She has a song called Sailor Moon. Love her. Like, I list all her music now. And mm-hmm. you have to, it's like undoing some of the old school because like we said, like we are old school people and we don't want to get rid of those. It's not really getting rid of. It's also adding on to, and you just have to find the sounds. Um, real quick on the verses. Mm-hmm. I think 
um, the verses didn't do anything but show you who who practices their their craft and their tool, and who doesn't, and who takes mm. the craft seriously and who doesn't. Um, Omarion, we knew that he couldn't dance. I mean, he could dance, but he couldn't sing. Just like we knew that. Um, and you got served, like you know his acting ability. So it was, it's there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no shade, he got served. So mm-hmm. it's just another time that he just got served. Um, Mario, I feel like he did a great job. A little disrespectful in some. It's just you know, as far as professional wise, but he blew the house down. Bobby Valentino, same thing. He doesn't practice his craft. You have to practice this thing. This is what you made your money off of, and you're taking it as a joke. So that's all I have to say to you. I appreciate you. Definitely, and thank you so much. I appreciate you. So let me go. Have a good one, T. Sippers and T. All right, we'll talk to you later. Let me go ahead and bring on uh, Jim Patton. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. What's going on, T? Nothing. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I agree with a lot of what everybody said. I'm more with uh, Aaron and Bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like there's been definitely like a resurgence in the last couple of years. But I think overall, like on a larger scale or culturally, we just lost those recipes. (laughs) Like if you think about where R&B came from, it came from the church. Like a lot of Mm -hmm. those vocal techniques and those harmonies and all of that stuff that went into like old school, that old school sound, Mm -hmm. we just disconnected from it. I feel like in this generation. So what do you think they can do to bring that back to make it more popular again? Because this generation, they're definitely more into like that hardcore hip hop, drill music, trap music, that type of stuff, as opposed to R&B. I don't, I don't know. I feel like if you like it's one of those things where it says like an algorithm, like if you're seeking it out, you're going to find it. Um, if you just listen to what's put out in the mainstream and you consent with that, then that's just what you're going to get. And I feel like most of these young kids, they don't have an appreciation for it. I mean, I feel like my little cousins and them, like when they hear this type of like old, like uh, just old R&B songs, they call it slave music just because uh-huh, they feel like... not slave music. <laughs> yeah, like they, just because anything they feel like when anybody trying to hear somebody really singing or whatever, they just feel like it's old and they're not trying to hear that. They want to hear a beat. They want to hear, you know... They're waiting the water. <laughs> <laughs> And like I had an ex, who got that? So I had an ex. I'm 29. I was born in '93. I had an ex that was a couple years younger than me. Like he was born in like '96, '97, and like mm-hmm. he was a lot more disconnected than like what I was from like that sound and just what put out. I feel like a lot of our R&B artists, like people that y'all mentioned, like Usher and Beyonce, like they had to go pop to keep selling records. Like especially like in '08, '09. That's when we got I Am, I Am Sasha Pierce and like mm-hmm. all of those pop albums from Beyonce and. They had to do that to like be successful. It didn't work out for some people like Fantasia or Jennifer Hudson. Like it didn't work out as well for some people as it did for others. But they had to do what they had to do to keep selling music. And we just and then from there rap took over and we just haven't got back to that. But I feel like it's definitely is artists like PJ Morton, uh, Luke James. Like it's definitely people out here that are making that music. They just more kind of underground because they don't get that recognition. recognition. Like I'm surprised Jasmine Sullivan's album was that successful as it was because that's not the sound people are looking for. But then even then, she had to switch up her content and she had to she had her album's hotels. And it was like a lot more of a, a, like more more explicit content, I want to say, than what, I'm, than what I'm used to from Jasmine. Like usually she's singing about like love mm-hmm. and like falling in love and out of love, whatever. But uh, 
this album we got more like sexual stuff from her and it actually charted and did well for her mm. and that's kind of what uh chloe bailey was saying too that when she sang more positive you know i guess churchy songs with people who like to call it you know they were just oh they can sing you know they got yeah. a beautiful voice but nobody was really checking for them but when she went full on Sasha Fierce, you know, with like the the, the clothing and the hair right. and the makeup, and now it's like wow. So again, part of that is us as a culture because when people are, you know, just trying to give you their real selves where they're comfortable and you can, you know, see yourself in them, we say it's boring, we ignore it. But then as soon right. as they're like, well, shit, I'm about to be a stripper R&B singer. How you doing? Now it's actually <laughs> shit, but it's kind of right. a rock. You know, so it's like they have to do that stuff to get attention, sadly. Right. No, I didn't see the verses, but from what everybody has said, like, it makes sense to me because I know Sammy still puts out good R&B music. I don't re-listen to Mario, but, like, Armarion, they never, I never considered BE2K R&B. Like, they were, like, a boy brand, like, pop. They might have did, like, mm-hmm. a, a, had an R&B flavor, but to me, I never considered them R&B. And the same thing with uh, Ray J. Like, he had that one song, and we knew from that one song that he wasn't nobody's vocalist. <laughs> so, <laughs> like... It kind of makes sense to me from what I'm hearing from people's comments about the verses, but that's all I wanted to add to the conversation. Okay. Too. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in. It was good talking to you. You too. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. Let me go ahead and bring on Alana Sanders. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Uh-oh. Try it again. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yep. I can hear you. I see. First of all, I'm still on a hey. high from the Atlanta um, event. Um, oh, that's what's up. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I, it, this, every time I think about it, it takes me back to a happy place. So thank you for that. Um, You're so getting welcome. Us out of the house. It was awesome. But um, I want to say about this uh, versus in particular, I've been watching them kind of since they started. So I'm kind of, you know, been following the ver- all the, most of the verses. And um, I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and tune into this one. I was personally invested and I'm personally pissed. I agree we need uh, refunds off of this because I'm too old to be staying up to 1.48 a.m. I was no damn good at work the next day. I was emotionally drained. You better let people tense. know. People were up so late. I it was shocked was that it went tense. on that long. It was too much. And I, I tuned in. I was like, okay, nine o'clock. Okay, they're not going to start. Let me just tune in and listen in. DJ started at 930. Nothing was popping off. And I think I saw somewhere that there was going to be a pre-show. So I was kind of prepared for that. I was not prepared for um, Ray J having one wish. And that wish was not to sound great. He was <laughs> And for him to have sponsored it and Raycon is flashing in the back. And he's holding that baby, blaming that baby. It was just... I'm I'm offended. Let me go ahead and just say I was offended as hell because, or you know, it was just I, a big commercial for him. It, it was, was just a big commercial. It was, mm-hmm. it was just a whole bunch of fuckery, and I was so mad. And I went to bed pissed, and I woke up pissed. I was like, "This some shit," but it's the artistry. They did not respect the artistry. They did not respect their craft and their instruments, and you could tell. Um, the whole lie about the sound check and not getting the sound check. I agree with everybody who said, if you want a sound check, you can get a sound check, but you have to be there early. There you, you go. Get a sound check during the showtime. I mean, you maybe you can't, but that you have to be there early and ready and prepared. And I feel like they showed. And you know they weren't there early because they didn't come to. But you know they weren't there early because they didn't even come to the show on time. Absolutely not. So but I doubt they would have came early for the drink. sound check. 
They mm, was drinking on time. They had that on time. They were right for that. <laughs> but it just didn't make any sense to me. Like, don't make any excuse. Don't blame the baby. Don't blame the in-ears because everybody had the same in-ears. If you are a vocalist versus a performer, which was what Omarion is, a performer rather than a vocalist, if you can't hear in your inner ears, you do what the singers do. You take that shit out and you listen to your own ear. Mm-hmm. They, they Well, he wasn't doing that. Don't blame that. And I, I don't know. It was just a full mess. But um, somebody um, mentioned the group Truth. And I did a little digging when all this was going on. And, oh, you know, um, Mario threw a little shade and said, oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's not you singing. That's not all you. That's oh. uh, little Steve, <laughs> Steve Russell. I mm-hmm. said, let me run on to YouTube and Twitter. And I started running around the Internet. And yes, that Steve, uh, Steve Russell from Troop, one of my favorite uh, songs was Spread My Wings and Fly Away. That was them. That was him. And that was his demo on a lot of the songs that B2K they were singing. That was his mm-hmm. voice. And, you know, you might not know that's your voice because if they tell you to go in the studio and you laying something down and then and that ain't it. Let's just keep the demo track. You might think he was very hyped up and very bothered as much. It, it was an exposure. We saw how mm-hmm. bothered he really was. He is not as zen and sweet as people think he is. And that completely. Yeah, I'm learning a whole lot about Amarion. Woohoo. And that old melon was a mess. That watermelon, I was like, you know what? I can't even eat watermelon this summer because I can't even enjoy watermelon no more. You can ruin watermelon. You ruin the verses. You ruin R&B. Really? So it was it was disappointing, but I don't think R&B is dead. I think that it just needs um, a revival. Like what somebody said, maybe it is, you know, going back to the vocals that came from the church and, you know, old school love and making love and not just, you know, fucking on somebody. I don't even know what that means. Like, why would you fuck on me? But OK. OK, kids. It's, it's just something that's lost. <laughs> what does that mean? It's just lost. And maybe, you know, like I do like a lot of music. I listen to all kinds of music. And um, they're right. So there's Snow Legras and the Alex Isies and the art. They, it's there. But like I said, it's just not pushed. It's not what's popping. If, you know, sex only sells because that's what people buy. And so mm-hmm. if that's not what we buy, if that's not what we're into, a lot of it is going to be up to the audience and what we want and what we want to hear and we'll see i i don't know how um they're gonna come back from this versus maybe timberland and swiss need to get up there and bring it back to center and they would do a battle i don't know but it just i think you're right so it was a lot of disrespect of the platform of the crap and it's it's just sad to see and pleasure went off and so did sammy I think they were hurt because they didn't get the flowers that they absolutely do deserve. But the going back and forth the way they did with everybody on the stage and all the name calling and the you ain't this, and you're, it was very, it got to be too much. At first it was like, oh, okay, but it got more and more tense. It got very personal. It got yeah. extremely personal. And I get it because they do deserve their flowers and pleasure Pete, if he was definitely he could say that he was pretty ricky now mario had to come on and say he was b2k and answer the way you saying you were b2 no sir uh-uh because right. when he played bump 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 at 148 i said i'm gone 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 good night i had all i could take i, I can't <laughs> my, i can't my nerves are bad you're grating on my nerves and it's i'm too old for this I, i'm definitely an 80s baby 1980 80s baby 90s kids so 
you know, growing up on the new editions and all of that, and then hearing this, it was just a disappointment. And I, I hope they're embarrassed. I mean, at least Ray J came back. He was even in the comments in the verses saying, yeah, I know I sounded bad. He at least owned it. He said, yeah, Omarion is still arrogant, bad. acting like he's unbothered. Very and it's arrogant. like, no, sir, be you've been exposed. He should be bothered, perplexed, reclaimed. He should be all of that because he was horrible. And he, th- that arrogance it for what you if you were arrogant and you tore it up like like uh, mario did then okay i can see that but don't don't give a shit and then act like you were sugar that's not how that's not how it works not for me that's not how it works but i'm not gonna lie i have them bumping sammy and all of them to today and yesterday i was like let me go on back and listen so it did get them streams it is going to get them listens because mm-hmm. now people are curious to see what they should have been or what they were back in the day or what we thought they were but it turned out to be somebody else singing on the track Steve Russell, bless his heart, wherever he is. But I, I don't okay. know how they're going to come back from this. But thank you for letting me speak. I appreciate it. And thanks for shouting me out on the YouTube video. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, you was like, get in here now. I was like, I'm coming because we were we were running around LA. I said, let me go ahead and tune into this verse. This is ridiculous. I, I was alone. I was like, my husband wouldn't watch. My friends were watching. I guess I was the only one that, that had time today. I was like, I'm up. Let me go ahead on a Thursday night and see what happens. And I paid for it the next day, but <laughs> what it is. It's still well, fine. thank you for calling in, sis. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, see you. Bye, see you, sippers. Y'all have a good night. Love y'all. Bye. Love you too. All right. Let me go ahead and bring on Jose Gonzalez. Jose, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Yo. What's up, Jose? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing, everybody? I'm um, doing great. I want to. I don't think it's dead. Mm-hmm. And I've been a huge fan of just music, period, since I was a little kid. And I don't think it's dead, but what I think is happening, and this is going to sound crazy because it's brand new. Please just hang on with me, y'all, because this is a brand new thing that's been happening since like 2016. Let's put it there. Okay, go ahead and go deep. We here for it. Okay, so we all know how like white meteorocracy, I don't know how to say that word, but I think that's how you say, say the word. But just like being mediocre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think there's a whole new wave of black meteorocracy coming in. Mm. And nobody likes to talk about it because I'm I'm all down for anybody getting a fucking bag. I'm down for anybody getting paid. But there's a lot of artists that aren't singing. There's a lot of artists that are not giving us the it factor. It's like those people who can draw really well, but you're drawing lame shit. You know what I mean? So it it goes way back to like Michael Jackson, Aretha, James Brown, Whitney Houston, Marvin Gaye, Prince. Like the people who really pushed R&B and gave us that yum yum delicious vocal instrument Sade like you know the the dolls the girls the legends and it's the same thing that happened to disco in the 1970s when the white socks in Chicago were holding events about destroying disco I think the same thing is happening to R&B right now but since it's incognito they're doing it with other people of color they're doing it with european blacks they're doing it with um black latinos they're not doing it with black americans and and any kind of genre y'all like anything y'all ever popped y'all's head to was made by black americans and and it even goes with the alternative r&b girls 
the the Summer Walker, the Tink, Kalela, Summerella, Ari Lennox, Tinashe, Abra, Embassy, all of these like SoundCloud alternative black girls who really just fucking destroyed, re re redid the whole music industry. And now you can't really find any of those girls anymore. Now you can't really, you really can't connect to an artist because they're singing low vibrational shit. Because Summer Walker's first. Hold on, is there? Are you moving around? Because it's like a lot of noise. Nah. Okay. I don't know know what that is. Someone's someone's doing something, hitting something. Yeah. But everybody's muted on stage. That's really weird. Sounds like somebody's walking around. Oh, that's creepy. You're right. There's nobody else on stage but you that's unmuted. Alana's gone. Okay, now it's stopped. What kind of shit is that? We call are we talking on freeway. The hell? Oh, man. Now it's stopped. That was weird. I just heard someone scream. Me too. I thought that was your house. I'm like, Jose, where are you? Nah. At? Hell nah. I know. Yeah, who's in the, somebody's in the background like cooking or something. Like they're talking to a kid. Who knows, yo? Okay, keep going, child. Sorry. Well, yeah, but I th- I think it's a part of the whole black erasure. I think, mm. um, like I I've I've been to museums and I've been to places where they talk about R and B. I've talked to people who are in Sony Studios, and the people they reference are the white artists, like like fucking um, Bill Deal, Bob Kudan, and PJ Body, like all of these people are kind of like like the blueprints for like classical R&B when you're in the studio atmosphere but i think it i think it all boils down to the black erasure and like them kind of triggering us with samples and nostalgia and shit like that cuz I don't know. It's almost like we're running out of music, too. I don't know if that's even a thing. Can we run out of melodies? Can we run out of... Ooh, see? Okay, oh there's goodness. definitely somebody here. Like a kid. I have no idea. They're, like, having a whole conversation. I don't know. I, I, can, I can mute myself. Yeah, mute yourself real quick and let's see if it goes away. Okay, he's muted and I can still hear it. And I'm in my room by myself. Like, there's nobody here in the house. Everybody's gone. Nah, I'm in my office. This is creepy. That's what, like I can. You can hear them, right? There's like yeah. having a whole combo. It's like a TV, a baby, and like right. cooking, and a whole bunch of foil too. And how's this happening when we're on an app? This is weird. I have no idea. Every time I speak, get some bullshit happening. Ain't it? Yeah. That is so weird. Hold on, stay on the line. Don't hang up. Mute yourself, real quick, Jose. Marquis, unmute yourself. Let me see if Mark if it changes when you mute yourself. Marquis. Hello. Okay. Yeah, you can still hear that kid. That is weird. I don't know what that's about, y'all. Yeah, I'm outside. Okay. I'm Marquis inside. Yeah, it's like on my end, but I don't see how when I'm the host and there's nobody here, literally. Okay, now it's gone. Okay, now it's gone. Okay, now, Jose, go ahead and unmute yourself again. Hello? Okay, now it's gone. Yeah, that I don't know weird. what that I, I think that's basically what it boils down to. We saw, like, even, like, this, this like, resurgence of house music. House music was created in Chicago by Black queers 
And then in slowly years, it became a white thing, just like country became a white thing, just like how rock became a white thing. And now disco died and then turned into a white thing. But have you noticed that any type of black art that is positive and is excelling and is just honestly just so perfect it gets diluted or it gets completely destroyed. And I think that's what's happening with R&B. Because, mm. and, even, and even as a writer myself, I write music. And when I would write for people in New York for labels, mm. they, would, they would say, we, we need more TikTok music. Something simple, something dumb, something not, just not good, basically. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, think, I think it's deeper than just like, oh, so-and-so can't rap, so-and-so can't sing. I think it goes way, way down to the black erasure that's happening. And it's being done with black people, sadly, because they they laying anybody into the ballroom. Yeah, so, so now to go back to what you're saying with the verses and there being a, this erasure, then shouldn't have been shouldn't have been a situation where they took it more seriously. Oh, absolutely. Because- R&B is on life support. So they really should have came and it should have been the conversation should have been the next day. Like, oh, my God, that was the bomb. I went and downloaded all these songs. They bought back all this nostalgia. Because remember, when I went to the DMX and the Snoop Dogg um, verses, remember I talked about it. I I felt so good when I left there. Like these were songs I hadn't heard. Some of them since junior high and high school. I think I went and downloaded so many things. It was such good vibes, good conversation. People gave Snoop and DMX their props. You know, even though DMX won, it was like, at that point, it was they were two legends. Nobody even cared. They were both winners. Yeah. And that was hip-hop. That was hardcore hip-hop. They talked and about they were having fun. Of, they were having they fun. They were having fun. Yes, they weren't disrespecting each other and talking down to each other. So it's very interesting how the R&B pretty boys were more ruggish and thuggish than these two, you know, uh, Snoop is a crip. You know, DMX is a really tough guy from New York. So it's very interesting how much they had so much respect and admiration for each other's craft that it really solidified their places in hip hop. This R&B mm-hmm. versus was just a joke. Yeah. And, and also, if you go, if you just look at it, B2K was one of those bands where it wasn't really for for grown people. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, and it, and, and it goes back to that time when, Teens were being hypersexualized, like the Britney Spears, all of them, all of them. So B2K is a weird band to, and I understand we did grow older. We do have nostalgia with these bands, but if they were going to do an R&B thing, they should have gone a little further back with more grown people, I think. But, I, and also none of, none of those men like wiped their feet before they entered the house. And that's why it made that, it made the whole R&B look like so so bad and messy it was they didn't wipe their feet they just didn't wipe their feet and wipe your feet before you go into somebody's house because it just wasn't cute for r&b it really wasn't like they should just get more legendary people who you know aren't gonna be acting a certain way doing dumb shit for views because they don't need them like if they would have got sade You'll never see her ever online, ever, rarely. We see her son more, but we just need that real, they need to stop triggering us with nostalgia and just give us a good, meaty plate of nostalgia. And remind us what talent is, remind us what cadence is, remind us what melodies are, remind us what canons are, 
Like we need to get we need to get fed because girl, none of the girls are giving us anything to eat. None of them. Yeah, and I mean, it, even these kids nowadays, they don't even play instruments. Not no, now, but you no. know, it's just like I said, you know, when I look in my neighborhood and I see the kids going to the bus stop, I see basketballs in their hands, yep. baseball gloves, hockey sticks. I don't see anybody carrying a clarinet case, a trumpet case, a saxophone, you know, a flute. And, you know, I remember back when my son was younger, they were having that whole Save the Music campaign. Remember Nas was yep, part I of that? I remember that. Save the music, y'all. Save the music, y'all. And, you know, being such a young parent at the time, I really didn't understand what that meant. Because I'm like, well, we have band. So, you know, yep. I'm sure he'll have band by the time he gets older. And, you know, to even find out that some schools don't even have a band program. They don't have a choir program. Some schools don't even got art classes. The whole art department in public education is gone. And it's done on purpose. Because that's art is our only thing that we have against anything. If you really think about it, we have nothing set up against the powers that be to enslave us. We have nothing, nothing. So the only thing we do got that's not tangible and is effective and can hit the soul is our art. And they took that away from us when it started at school. And nobody cared because art is some gay shit. Art is this. Poetry is gay. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. It just goes, it goes way deeper than, oh, that guy just can't sing. It goes way, way deep because R&B is so beautiful. If you go back and listen to like, anything from like the 50s the things that inspired mm-hmm. r&b like those those songs just you just melt in the lyrics that you hear you you can hear their breath when you know that it was a hard song to sing for that person but you don't hear that anymore and no, also i, I honestly love old school music like that from the 50s and 60s it's and and i favorite. also got to tell i also got to tell like Black people, gatekeep, 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 gatekeep as hard as you can because it's happening to every Black subculture, whether it be ballroom, whether it be R&B, rap. Like, if if a non-Black person is going to come into y'all's house, make sure their fucking shoes are off. Make them be respectful. Make them know who the fuck anybody is. Make them know who to pay homage to. Like, y'all just really got to put y'all's necks on, the, on like their fucking boots on y'all on the necks of those people because non-black people are really on some bullshit when it comes to black art. They just want to take it and claim it as as their own. And that's the uh, only other thing. Like y'all need to just stop letting everybody in because not everybody's mm-hmm. good, honestly. No, you're saying the truth, and I'm glad we got a chance to like really talk and hear you know everything that you're saying because one thing that people need to understand music. That is something that hits the soul. Exactly. I don't know if y'all remember when I posted that video of that young man who was playing the piano at the mall, and this guy was walking by on his cell phone, and it's like the music stopped him in his tracks, and he mm-hmm. turned around and sat next to him, and they started playing the song together. That is soul-grabbing. There's a reason that you can hear a song and it can literally bring you to tears. You don't know that person. You've never met them in their life. But it's that connection, that goosebump effect. When you hear a song and it touches your soul and you get goosebumps on your skin, like I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it. That is something spiritual. You get what I'm saying? It's something spiritual. And we can't let people play with that. We can't let like this generation of kids coming up not understand the fundamentals of music. We used to have to know how to read sheet music. These oh, kids don't absolutely. even know how to read sheet music anymore. Hot crust like, that's buns, a dying girl. art. Yes. yes. That is a dying art. 
sheet music that's like putting you know writing in spanish and putting in front of a kid they think it's a whole nother language you know and it's like we have a whole generation of kids who don't understand that even in some churches there's not even a kids choir program no there isn't there isn't you know and though the arts are what kept us grounded as kids because again everybody can't play basketball everybody's not going to be in the nba everybody's not necessarily going to be beyonce but arts were something fun for you you know, that's where you were able to hone in your skills, you know, with drawing and painting and, you know, things like that. But even now, and, and this is not a knock on digital art because I love all types of art form, mm-hmm. but it's very different now when you paint something on a computer than physically painting something. Like the girl who made that painting of me, um, she art, the one oh, that's yeah, a, that was at beautiful. The, that was hand painted. It took that yeah. girl 14 hours. 14 mm-hmm. hours. You don't get that anymore. And I'm not saying that it's easy or even quicker just because it's on a computer. I'm not saying that. But, you know, it, it's something, it's like a piece of her soul is here. Like that just was so, yep. like I have that in my office. I'm looking at it right now. Like she left a piece of her soul and her energy with me. Like that mm-hmm. just showed me like, wow, for somebody to spend that much time in creating that artwork, that like just made me cry. Like thinking about that. And we don't have that anymore. For a lot of these kids in this generation, they don't paint, they don't, they're not able to tap into that artisticness, that artistic part of themselves, because again, like you said, it's gay, it's feminine, it's this, it's that. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's none of that. You know what I'm saying? Before there was ever video games, before there was ever, um, you know, television, radio. That is what you did. You painted, you, you did things, you took chalk, you took rocks and drew on the sidewalk. You had an imagination. There you go. Yep. And, and and another thing, like, I've been to studios in New York, very nice studios. I see the plaques on the wall. Tell me why there's only an Ableton in the room. Why isn't there a fucking drum kit? Why isn't there a fucking guitar? Like, why is there only this little pad with about 60 buttons on it just to do loops, 808s, and all this other bullshit? And we all know that 808s are really bad for people. And any of our, any of the producers that are in the in, in the chat, you know, you cannot be producing music for more than two hours at a time because you will get sick. Because those mm-hmm. 808s are not good for us, yo. And that's what that's why trap and drill is being pushed. That's why R&B is so trapped and um inspired by trap because these this machine, the Ableton has so many instruments in it and it's so easy and it's so blah, 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 but it's not, and not, not, not to discredit anybody who goes and spends hours in the studio and like messes with Ableton for hours, but it's not the same. It's really not. If you listen to Summer Walker's um, last day of summer, listen to that album. Beautiful. Amazing. It's just her and her guitar. And then when you go to this new album, it's kind of like, mm, okay, we get it. Yeah, it's those different. frequencies, because somebody's asking you in the chat um, to speak on the why 808 is bad. Um, you got to understand there's frequencies in the music, in the beats. You know, music has the power to heal, but it can also have the power to destroy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and I know XXX, that was one thing he talked about a lot before he died, was having this power, you know, to influence a mass group of people, you know, his fans. Mm-hmm. And being able to be responsible because music-wise, he was very talented. You know, he knew that, instruments and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's why house music, like, 
Drake and Beyonce doing that house stuff, I think I find it very parasitic. I find it very disgusting. I find it very evil. I find it so evil that they would hijack something so beautiful. Like, and and I've I've talked to you about this before about being possessed by music and about mm-hmm. just losing complete control of your body and just dancing for hours and hours and hours. And it's always been house. House music has that hold, that grasp on the soul where you just lose control of your body and you just cry and dance and go nuts. And the fact that these two people who are culture vultures, let's just keep it cute. Let's keep it T like, let's say what it is. Let's keep it a buck. Come in and steal something so powerful as house music that has been kind of whitewashed, completely whitewashed. But if you listen to old school house music and you don't feel that heartbeat in that track. You don't feel that that. And it, go back to Africa. Listen to old African music. Mm, it all funny. comes back from the blueprint, from the blueprint of the whole world, Africa. There's this life source where all the music that came from, and it's in there, and they're hijacking it. They hijacked everything. Look at rap right now. You can't even say cracker on a track. And no. wasn't rap about resistance? Now it's about oh everybody jump on in. It, it it's it's just it's just getting to the point where I see what's happening in music. I see what's happening in visuals, and it's just I'm over it. It's not cute. It's not cunt. It's not giving us anything brand new. And stop sample. And if you're a new artist, stop sampling. Stop sampling. You don't know what you're putting into your track. You don't know who made that shit. So stop sampling. Like. And now I know why Prince was so anti-sample. But I'm going to stop talking. We can talk for another few hours about this. Right, right. You know we can go deep on this subject. But thank you so much for calling in, Jose, and just dropping gems like always. But yeah, music, like I said, it's it's a powerful tool and we can't lose it. And I need these R&B guys and girls to get it together, especially when you have the mainstream clout. You should be even more grateful because there's so many hungry artists who are very talented and who will never get on the same level as a Ray J or Mm -hmm. a Marion, you know, so they need to appreciate that. But but think about it. Think if think if they did, though, like, yeah, it could do a lot of good. But you got like we kind of also got to remember that this is not just entertainment. They have people on the number ones for specific reasons, like spellcasting's real. That's why. It's such a hard, it's such a, it's weighed in really heavily that you have to write your raps because when you spell a word, you're spelling. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to have no motherfucking other man's spells in my mouth. That's, mm. that's for sure. Cause, and yeah, that's basically new artists. Just be careful. Don't sample, pick up a guitar if you are writing music, learn how to play the guitar, learn just how to even touch it, and you will be a better writer. Trust me. Just have tangible objects in your hand in the studio. That's all I got to say. All right. Thank you so much once again, Jose. We'll talk to you later. Man, he came in and dropped some jewels. Always a pleasure speaking to Jose. Um, let me go ahead and bring um, Paris C. Paris, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Oh my God. Hey T. Hey Paris. I just want to give thanks to God who's the head of my life for letting me talk to you today. Um, Amen. For that. Okay. And how can I follow up after Jose? I feel like a lame preacher at the revival. Like how can I follow that up? But I'm going to try. Yeah. Um, just go ahead and speak this <laughs> on your heart. 
when you posed the question, is R&B dead? It made me think, uh, where did it even begin? Mm. Um, and so someone said, you know, it started in a church from that's where we got our vocals from. I know me as a church girl being in the, you know, children's choir. Um, that's where I got my vocals from. But I think that sometimes like generations, um, oh Lord, I'm so nervous. It's just, um, very different from Patti LaBelle to, um, Shaka Khan. That's very different from Whitney Houston, which Whitney Houston is very different from Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey, so on and so forth. So as far as the generations go, I just feel Mm -hmm. like R&B can go into so many different things. It can go with pop. It can go with um, jazz. It can go with, you know, Little Baby and the um, Kirk Franklin making music together. So I don't think it's dead. I just think it has its ebbs and its flows. And um, like somebody from the 60s don't want to hear Bump and Grind from R. Kelly. Like Monty would be like, turn that mess off, girl. I ain't trying to hear that. So it's just like where you came into it. Mm-hmm. Um, what you like, and um, I think it is gonna die soon, though. I'll say that. So, you think it's gonna eventually die off? Yes, uh, very close to it, I believe. The Why do you think that? Do you feel like people are not taking it seriously and preserving it and loving it and cherishing it? Well, yes, because I mean, not just music, everything is kind of dying, if you ask me. Like people don't know how to write cursive anymore. We do everything on our mm. phone and just the world is just dying. Everything did, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of things, you know, that are evolving, you know, not just music, but like you said, cursive. You have kids who don't know how to read a clock. They only know, anal- you know, analog clocks. Not Excuse me, not analog. They only know digital, digital mm-hmm. numbers because the phones. They don't even know how to read a clock with, you know, arms. So it is, it's a lot of stuff um, that's that's dying off. Even to even pick back what Jose was saying, one of the things that I find disturbing, like we always talk about the technology taking, you know, jobs away from people, right? Like, oh, soon there won't be any fast food workers because it's going to be taken over by robots. You know, we always joke about that. Mm-hmm. But how come, you know, people don't ever think about what happened in the studio? There used to be somebody in the studio that was like a CDJ. That if you needed that person to play a guitar beat, you know, a guitar, you know, strum on the guitar and create some type of riff, he could do that. Or play the drums. Like you literally have like an entire band in some studios because it had to make the beats from scratch. And then at some point in time, somebody said, you know what, this is too time consuming. Um, Let's bring in technology. Now those jobs are gone. Now, you know, there's not really a generation of kids that are going to be the next ones coming up, you know, playing these instruments and helping make beats, you know, from scratch, because not everything is machine learning. Now you could just put in, you know, have the the AI make a whole beat for you. So, yeah, people forget about that. Because even though Escape, them girls could sing, they ain't got nothing on Miss Patty. It wasn't kicking them shoes off and just singing into that mic. Like you had, you actually had bridges and songs where Miss Patty was singing to where you knew that one note was finna come. Even with Whitney Houston, they had those big powerhouse notes. And yes, Subscape and, you know, SWV, they can sing. But if you ask Miss Patty and them, is that R&B? They will probably say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does definitely change oh, yeah. from generation to generation. Yeah. 
I believe so. But Miss T, I'm so nervous. I'm going to go cry to my mom and tell her I talk to you. <laughs> I, I got to calm my heart rate down. I'm shaking over here, but I love you. You've been in my life for a long time and got me through a lot. And I just love you, girl. Oh love you too. And thank you so much for calling in. It was very good talking to you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Oh my God, she's crying. Okay, bye, Perry. <laughs> she's so sweet. Oh my gosh. Um, let me go ahead and bring on uh, Just Marquis. Marquis, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Oh, I don't know if she's there. Hello. Hello. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can hear you now. Hey, sis. Hey, uh, hey, sis. How you doing? Good. That's good. Okay. So, um, yes, I, as my t-shirt said that I got from uh, the Culture Experience Museum in Atlanta, 90s R&B raised me. So, I was raised, like, literally, my mom was a teen um, when she had me, so I was definitely raised on R&B, and that was Shy, um, If I Ever Fall in Love, and Tony, Tony, Tone Anniversary was the first songs that I can really remember at a very, very young age. So, um, a couple of things. Um, First, she was talking about Patti LaBelle and then Escape. Um, someone else was just talking about different different people. And I, I'm like, okay, we're talking about singers, but a lot of different singers are not in the same category. We have Neo Soul. We have R&B. We have gospel. We have, you know, so it's like a lot of people are saying, you know, like, um, is R&B dead? We have to make sure we're putting the people in the right category. Me, I do feel like R&B is dying, is going to soon be deceased. I feel like when um, auto-tune came into play and the first person I remember using auto-tune was um, T-Pain. He was the first person I remember actually using auto-tune. So I feel like when he came along, I was in high school. I was a sophomore in high school. His first song came out, I believe. So um, the way I remember is, you know, like SWV, all of them growing up. And then it went to Sammy, Mario, B2K. B2K got me ready for Pretty Ricky. You know what I'm saying? They was the cute crush, you know, flirty, flirty, bump, 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 girlfriend. But Pretty Ricky got me ready for, you know, the blue stars. You know what I'm saying? And the um, Pretty Willie with the lay your body down and let me touch your body. You remember that song? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it got me ready for that. And then after that, it was all rap. It was all rap after high school. It was the lean with it, rock with it. And then it went to Lil Wayne. Yeah, that time 2007 hit. Travis Porter. You know what I'm saying? That's when they, when in 2009, 2010, they came around. And after that, you know, it was Lloyd and Trey songs for a little bit. But after that, it was, it was no more, it was no more of that. It was Chris Brown, you know what I'm saying? But besides that, there was no more of that, anything. So for the verses, it was high school and it was like, that's where they went back to because of the fact that they were young at that time. So I feel like they weren't really taking it seriously because of the fact that 
it they were they they were young. It was they don't have any hits now. I feel like Mario is still putting out hits. He's still been working, so he's still on a different grind than everyone is. You know what I'm saying? Everyone is trying to go towards what he is trying, what he's already strive strived to be. You know what I'm saying? So that I feel like R&B is dying. I, I I do feel like that's happening. I do feel like um, it started around auto tune time. And I mean, there are some good people out there, but it's the debate if they're R&B or Neo. So I like the internet. I like Arbra. I like Ari Lennox. You know what I mean? But is it like it was back in the day? No. Um, there's no more Faith. There's no more, you know, Mary J. Blodges. There's no more of those. But I mean, that just comes with time. Hip hop, not the same either. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Mark Hughes. Good talking to you. Good talking to you. I love y'all. Bye. All right. Love you, too. Okay, let me go ahead and bring on Sheehan. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hi, T. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. How are you? Good. How are you? So I just wanted to bring up a point of I've noticed that some of the big, especially the men R&B artists of like Usher, I felt like when they had a chance to embrace a young black R&B artist, they didn't like Usher, like kind of pushed Justin Bieber. And it's just Mm. like, or even like Akon, like Akon pushed Lady Gaga, T.I., even though they're not R&B, but T.I. pushed Iggy Azalea. So it's like, I feel like R&B is kind of dead because they never had those R&B legends to kind of like push, like push them or help them. So it's kind of, I think that's why the new generation of R&B artists kind of have that stereotype of like, well, like we don't want your opinion because they kind of never really helped them. It's like when the, when the not older, but maybe like Usher and them, when their generation got a chance to co-sign someone, they decided to co-sign white people instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, somebody even said in the chat, Timberland was the one who was co-signing Justin Timberlake when he was so well. That's true. I never looked at it like that. Yeah. So in my opinion, that's kind of, why I can see why R&B is dead because I, again, like even Jasmine, like Jasmine never had a big, uh, Jasmine Sullivan never had a big push behind Mm -hmm. her. None of them really never had that big of, big of a push. And that's why I think that, again, like you said, country, they take all those people in, they embrace it. When you go to a country concert, it could be someone young, new, and somebody else that's old, that's been in the game for 50 years. With R&B, it's kind of like, you stay within your age group, you stay within your lane. It's kind of not family oriented. So that's why I sometimes feel like it's not dead. It's just kind of, you sometimes kind of have to wait for that generation to completely simmer out for it to be a new type of R&B. Yeah. Now people are saying that Missy pushed Jasmine Sullivan, but then uh, Kelly, Kelly Rowland had that girl group and her girl group went absolutely nowhere. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess Missy did kind of push Jasmine, but I feel like after Aaliyah, like Missy, like nobody, I don't know, I feel like Missy is respected, but sometimes Missy by herself, they don't really take her serious. I've seen Missy like give artists advice and Mm -hmm. like if it was someone else that gave an artist advice, it would be everywhere. I think Missy also, because she's a woman, she just doesn't get her respect as well. Yeah, that's true. 
they don't give her, you know, the props that they should. She's been in the game for years, you know, but that's, that's the point. I guess it's, you're right that we have to open the door for each other as well. And yeah. a lot of times you have a lot of artists where, like I was even saying back in the day, even this can go on in the acting world too, where people don't want to retire gracefully. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason that there's a reboot of Martin right now. There's just no reason why they're even in talks of rebooting it or trying to do a, right. It's it's like that ship has sailed. You know, how about we put, you know, energy new, and support yeah. into new things. I love that Fresh Prince, that Bel Air show. Yes. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. But did that really need to be called the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? That really could have just been its own show. And it, it's new, that good. Yeah. And I think, again, back to what you're saying, that might also be a reason why the new generation, they sample because what if there's like you said, there's no Stevie J's, there's no really any more Missy's, Timberlands. What else do they have to what else do they have right now? That's R&B. They still have to go off what their parents grew up listening to. So it's like they're still kind of in touch, but they don't have those people to kind of work with anymore. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think that's part of it, too, with the industry is constantly trying to play off on nostalgia. And to me, it's it's a turnoff. You know, like, honestly, I wouldn't have watched that Fresh Prince show if it wasn't for, like, one of my friends telling me, like, no, you got to yeah, watch it. That's how you gotta it got watch it. spread. Of yeah, because I just thought it's a reboot. And I don't, I'm not into reboots. I like new stuff. I want to mm-hmm. be entertained. But if I want to watch Martin, I'll go watch the 90s version of Martin. I don't want to see the 2022 version and Tommy's dead. Everybody's old and fat. I'm not interested. You know what I mean? I'll go back and watch the 90s version. So I just feel like that whole nostalgia play from the music industry to the acting world, it's all about money. You know, it's all about money. Like you might hear an old sample from like one of your favorite R&B groups. And that's why they do that, because it brings you back to a time and space. It's just cheap marketing. Yes. And also another point that I have to kind of push on, I feel like every generation, they kind of grow up more quicker than they have to be. So I think that's why a lot of times in the new generation, I see a lot of people talking about there's no more love. But I think there isn't any more love because that's not what people focus on anymore. Not just because they don't want to, but sometimes they can't. Like if someone's working three jobs to try to make rent that's 12, 13, 14, 1500 dollars, they're not gonna have time to really get to know someone. They're, you know, they're gonna get it quick in and that's it. I feel like the gen- the music revolves around what's going on in that generation. So there is no love. Yeah. Now, Maggie made a great point in the chat, you guys. She says, let's not forget how Apple, especially iPod, which led to streaming, really changed the game. Artists, writers, producers, etc., don't get paid their worth. It's a rush to just put out anything. Mm. That's the truth. And I remember Beyonce speaking on that and saying that people don't make albums anymore. They just make quick records, quick singles to get paid. So it's not the same energy. It's a, it's a big difference when you take a a full year to really cultivate an album and really Mm -hmm. get everything right from the beats to the harmonies to everything, as opposed to just dropping a single like every two to three months. You're just just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks at that point. That's why a lot of that feeling is not there. Even Wayne, when Wayne always dropped his like remix mixtape, even if the song came out last year, he did not drop it the next week. How like most artists, they take a remix and they drop it the next day. 
other artists, the remix came out months and months later. And again, it's not like that anymore. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for calling in. It was good talking to you, sis. Thank you. All right. So it's almost, it's 7.30. We've been on for almost two hours. I'm going to take a few more calls um, with the people on stage. Jasmine Miller, please go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, T, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me on. This is my first time, first time calling in, but a long time subby. I'm from the scandalous South Carolina. Um, oh, that's right. <laughs> I just want to say I love you, love your content, love your growth, watching you Thank over the years. You. Continue blessings over you. Thank you so much for all you do. <laughs> oh, you're more than welcome. And thank you so much. I appreciate you. All right. So I took a few notes while I was waiting. I've been getting okay. the whole time. Um, shout out to Aaron. I'm born in the same year as you. Hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as the R&B, is it dead? Um, not necessarily, in my opinion. Um, I do think a couple of rounds has been fired over the years, but I think it's still living. Um, I don't think versus put like a Game of Thrones sword in it. So uh, <laughs> I thought that the verses was supposed to actually like honor artists and give them their flowers. The pre-show, mm-hmm. in my opinion, was entertaining. I thought Sammy, Mario, and Papa P did well singing-wise. Uh, Bobby V was okay. 2022 is definitely the year of, of the veil being pulled back and is exposing who the real singers are. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say exactly. on that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> And one thing, I hope the uh, the girl that old gave that watermelon to, I hope um, there's not a lawsuit that may come out later saying, oh, she got sick because she ate after him. Whatever. <laughs> Everybody trying to get a bag. <laughs> right. He set himself up for that one. Right. And I was in the grocery store yesterday walking by the watermelons. It was very cringy. I just gave it the stink face. I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do want to say I was in band growing up. I played the flute. And um, that was in school and in church. I played the piano, uh, the flute and piano. They're the same keys. You know, I did read sheet music, you know, reading the notes on there. Um, I'm married to a drummer. He also plays the bass. Mm-hmm. So um, R&B, I thought it was like rhythm and blues, uh, you know, rhythm and blues, dancing, the sense of how it make you feel. Like y'all mentioned earlier, y'all was hitting on some real good points. Um, I think the the feeling has been lost. The lyrics is supposed to speak to your soul and the beat and the music is supposed to make you want to move, but not overpowering the lyrics. So mm-hmm. like, I think actually writing your own lyrics plays a huge part. And, you know, that's like the foundation of the R&B. Um, I miss the mystery that was in the, you know, in the old school songs and the videos. I remember growing up, my mom playing R&B and, I didn't find out what things meant till later on in life. Like the next song you mentioned on one of your videos, mm-hmm. um, you know, and now with me playing music now or the newer so-called R&B music is like, I have to filter what I have around my kids, the videos, all the twerking and all that stuff. Like, you know, you don't want to expose kids to that. Cause we, we grew up on like, you know, the hoochie era, but it wasn't as explicit as it is now. Right. So, um, but I think the old school R&B still hits. It definitely still in my playlist. Y'all continue to stream it, continue to play it, and we will keep it alive that way. Um, as far as the new school R&B, some of it, 
you know, it's a hit and miss. It's not really much of it, but I, I just stick with the old school R&B, you know, 90s baby, you know, I like the old. <laughs> and I, I want to say I feel another deep dog coming on. So shout out T-Sippers. Hey, we, let's get ready. <laughs> and thank you so much for all you do. And I just want to say one more thing before I leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's vaguely. Uh-uh, not vaguely. <laughs> Right, that was a few strangers ago. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Thanks for calling in, sis. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good night. Love y'all. Love you too. Bye. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to get ready to do a deep dive. I wasn't able to do one in June. June is about to be over. But um, I will have one in July when I'm done traveling. So I will definitely have one. So this this topic is giving me a lot to think about for sure. So let me go ahead and bring on Michael Smith. Michael, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Michael, you there? Or maybe he's not ready. Um, let me bring on B. Wayne. B. Wayne, go ahead and meet your microphone. Hey, T, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm going to, um, I really like this topic. And I mean, I think you probably should do like a deep dive because there's a whole lot of, you know, things you can go into about this. But I'll get to the, the actual question, is R&B dead? I'm mm-hmm. coming from like a, um, a performer, entertainer kind of perspective. I do like a lot of um, uh, old school 60s and 70s uh, kind of songs. So this is really like a little bit. Your phone is kind I of breaking up. I say that it's not dead. I think it's just being exposed. Okay, that's better. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can, can hear you, you. Can you hear me now? Hello? Uh, okay. Okay, I, I think it's being exposed. I think. Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. Oh my God. Hello. I'm sorry. I'm calling from New York. Uh, I think it's being exposed. I don't think it's being. Um, I don't think it's dead. I think it's being exposed for what a lot of people that's in the entertainment industry now. They're lacking a lot of talent. They're lacking a lot of media training. They're lacking a lot of things that the old school artists had back in the day that made them the superstars that they are now. I mean, mm-hmm. even even like in the times when, uh, you know, record companies were really big, we kind of got into like a everybody movement where everybody can be a singer. Everybody can be a basketball, you know, everybody could do this. And when we got to that point, I think the quality of what people considered R&B started to decline, started to go down. And sir, do you know where that came from? It came from the everybody gets a trophy mentality. Right. Because even going back as a sports mom, like when we were growing up, right, you try out for sports. Let's say 50 kids try out. There's only 12 slots on the team and you have to be the best, the best. You got to bring your A game. They'd have a whole list on the back of the gym door and the guys would walk up and, oh, damn, I didn't make it. Oh, well, better luck next time. Yay, I made it. I'm the shit. Oh, that's what's up. Oh, now they don't even have that. It's embarrassing. If, I have seen basketball teams with 20 kids on the team. Why? What? Your son can't play. Well, we got to put him on the team to be fair. Or, or you they know, they're getting rid, of the, right, getting rid of the AB honor roll because it's not fair. So now everybody just gets the trophy. And I think, you know, that's just what reminds me of what you're saying with R&B, where anybody can be a singer. 
as long as you're popular, look a bad baby. She'd never been in the studio. She was never, never. an entertainer. She got no. a whole, you know, solid gold or platinum record, whatever, on the billboard. Right. And it makes older school, like, artists kind of disgruntled. I mean, it's like, you know, they, they consider us hating, like, you know, the younger um, artists or whatever. It's not that. It's just the fact that we put, like, actual instrumentation, actual lyrics, actual melodies and things like that into our music. And then somebody comes along and instantly, you know, they, they garner all of the, uh, you know, the accolades with somebody, you know, like myself has been putting years into, you know, actual performance, what to say and what not to say on stage. You know, mm-hmm. back in my day, nobody would ever think of eating a watermelon. I mean, it was, it was comical. Right. <laughs> Well, you guys you know, also I mean, had artist development back in your day. They don't do that anymore, do they? That's, no, they do not. And mm. I, I, I even mm. thought about trying to teach it, but teach it to who? You know what I'm saying? It's like everything is a microwave kind of thing now. It's like, you know, they want to, you know, everyone, everybody wants fame and wants to perform instantly. Back in those days, you know, like I grew up in the in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to, we had choreography teachers. We had teachers who would tell us addiction and how to uh, conduct interviews, how to dress, what not to do, what, you know, what to do. And unfortunately, it's not that R&B is dead, it's that all of those um, uh, acts that are coming out now is like what's, what came out in the wash is coming out in the rinse, you know, or when the wash is coming out mm-hmm. in the rinse, they're being exposed, you know, they don't, they can't sing, they can't dance. It's like a lot of smoke and mirrors, and it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Yeah, it's really sad. And I definitely get what you're saying, that it is very frustrating, you know, for people who understand their craft. Like you have been in this music game for years. You understand instruments. Like you said, you went through artist development and there's certain things like there were certain codes, certain rules and regulations. And because we live in this social media, you know, day and age, it's like anything goes. And that's even the same with YouTube. I can, you know, for me being a YouTuber, I can even attest to that, that when we came out, I don't have a journalism degree and I don't plan on going to go get one. But the point is, I had enough word thought to know that if you're going to report on stuff, you need to have integrity. You can't just be out here lying on folks, making up stuff, because when you have a platform, there's a there's a sense of responsibility towards other people. Right. Well, now, right. you know. We it's like we get punished. The ones who do the research and the deep dive videos and who want to educate people, half my videos are always demonetized. But the ones who hello? are just out here, hello? Yeah, the no, ones I was who gonna, are out, I was with Oh, okay, yeah. And then the ones who are out here just clowning and fighting and, and lying and just creating all types of mess, they go viral, they're pushed through the algorithm. So I definitely understand that word. That is a, a situation where it makes you kind of upset because it's like, how is that okay? It's like y'all claim that y'all want greatness, but y'all always push mediocrity. That's right. And I remember, I'm going to uh, be real quick with this. I remember, if you remember remember the movie Ray, mm-hmm. where, where I think one of the lines was, scratch a lie and find a thief. You know, it's like they're robbing all of the real genuine R&B singers of, you know, of anything that they've ever like created or ever think to push. I mean, just like another person said earlier, as far as streams are concerned, I have to like, like I'm on Spotify now. I have Mm -hmm. to make a million streams to even make a, what, a couple hundred dollars. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas back in the day, you know, if I sold a million records, forget about it. You know, and it's, right. it's just, it's unfortunate. But again, well, I have hope before, for R&B. Before you leave. Okay, yeah, yeah. Keep going. You have hope for R&B. I have hope for R&B. It's just that I got, you know, we got to continue individually doing our own thing and trying to make it great and keep it, uh, holding that flag up high. Exactly. Well, give us your music. Where are you at on Spotify? Okay, I'm at uh, Bruce Big Daddy Wayne on iTunes, Bruce Big Daddy Wayne on Spotify, uh, Bruce Big Daddy Wayne everywhere, YouTube. Not Big Daddy. (laughs) I love it. it. That's it. (laughs) I didn't want to say it, but you forced me to. I'm gonna look it up. Bruce Big Daddy. I know that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you sound uh-huh. like you got some hits too. So <laughs> Hey, listen, it's all it's and like you said, it's all like um it's 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 danceable music, but it's old school. It's R and B old school Luther kind of Marvin Gaye kind of, you know, kind of songs. And you know, that's what I do. Okay. Well, thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate you just bringing a wealth of information and talking from an artist's point of view. And thank you, T, for being a great journalist. That's what I consider you, a great journalist. Thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. Have a good evening. You too. All right. So we got one more call. I'm going to go ahead and bring on young Kobe. Young Kobe, go ahead and unmute your microphone. T, T, can you hear me? I can hear you. How you doing, Kobe? What's good? What's good? good? I'm still riding off the wave of, um, you know, our weekend in Atlanta. So what's up? Man, what's going me too. On? Everybody's like, well, what you doing for your birthday? I'm like, I'm not inviting out 400 of y'all now. That was a, that was a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, it's my first, it's my, not my first time on the green room, but this is the first time I, I learned how to unmute. So pardon me, I got an Android, so. It's all good. So what do you think about the topic? How do you feel about R&B? Um, if R&B isn't dead right now, is def- is definitely in a, a vegetable state right now. And mm. I say that because um, we look at R&B and say, yeah, we used to have good music. We used to, you know, we used to. But right now, it's like when I seen Versus, I thought that it was going to bring some of that nostalgia back. And it, it, it left me disappointed. It was like I souped up a good and um, when everybody came to see, they was like, this what you got? And I was like, ugh. And, yeah, uh, like, I think that's what it was. For, what is that noise? Is that your phone? Yeah, that's my phone and these notifications. I didn't even think you could hear it. Damn. Yeah, see, we could hear it. We thought it was aliens. It's we Andrew. thought you was about to get kidnapped by aliens. <laughs> what the hell is that noise? It's Andrew. You can hear everything. Then you can hear ghosts <laughs> of everybody. Shit. <laughs> Ghost in the machine. Oh, yeah, we really? can hear it all. They in the, they're in the chat roasting you. We can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I agree with you. And I think that was the part for a lot of people is that we really went into this excited. You know, because those were a lot of big names. Those were names from our, like our generation. You know, we grew up on, you know, we've been watching Ray J since he was on the Sinbad show. Yes. You know, Brandy's little brother and, you know, Omarion and, and Pleasure P. And so... A lot of us really went in on this. To, sorry about the notifications. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we went in on this to like really support. So for it to turn around and be like that, it was very disappointing. Right, right. Also, um, you know, when um, obviously I'm proud of Mario. He 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 still obviously practices craft. You know, Sammy did a little thing as well. But 
you know, as for the other ones, I was just like, damn, man. And then obviously, you know, a lot of callers brought up a good point. It was nobody this, you know, that passed on the baton and tell people how it's really done. You know, we don't have no musicians in, in, in school no more. We don't have like, you know, I know we, we talked about playing instruments. There's no more church involvement, you know, and knowing how some of these R&B uh, singers, they started in that. And it's just, it's just so disappointing right now. It's very, very disappointing. I, I, R&B is my first love. So I'm very, very oh. passionate about it. I'm very, very passionate about R&B. And, um, you know, just to, I used to, you know, do so much things and, you know, make CDs for Valentine's Day for girls. And just, it's just, I, it, this this generation has no navigation right now, no compass for love. And and I worry about what well, my kids, what are they going to grow up on and how are they going to just figure things out? Because you used to get answers from music sometimes. And mm-hmm. it's disappointing. It's just really, really disappointing. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully, you know, it, it, you know, I, I saw like RL complain about that. I saw, you know, the guy of 112, he complained about it. So maybe we needed this so they could just say, you know what, well, let's get this shit together. You know, we'll see what blossoms out of out of this versus Swiss and, and Timlin. They need to come back because it, it done turned into love and hip hop versus now. So, it's just... yeah, it's a whole mess. Well, thank you so much, young Kobe, for calling in. Absolutely. Sorry about my notification bells. I know y'all going to hear that. I hope y'all could just eliminate that. I apologize. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Okay. Bye. All right. Let me go ahead and bring on Nina. Nina, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hi. 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 Oh, my God. Hey, Nina. Okay. I was cutting up in the chat. Y'all, Lord's going to have to forgive me tomorrow. Anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you, T. We, we, I'm, I'm gonna try to be quick, but thank you. What I find really, really, really annoying, and maybe it's just me and the Aries just coming out. Forgive me, I'm an Aries. Mm-hmm. It's just really frustrating to hear older generations, and not you, T, because you know, but I'm saying older generations when they're like, these kids talk about drugs, these kids talk about this, like literally. Curtis Mayfield was talking about, I'm that nigga, I'm that, I'm that dude gig. You, like, he was explicit with it. So explicitness and degeneracy and lyrics is nothing new, y'all. Stop acting brand new. Oh, my God. No, but what's frustrating is that, so our old heads grew up with that music. They glorified rap music that talks about selling drugs. And then when you hear X and everybody else talk about drug use, like, I work in a psychiatric hospital. You know how many kids? Kids will ask to put on Travis Scott and all of this low vibrational stuff. And what people really got to understand, I'm not going to go too esoteric because I'm going to leave that to Jose because he was really spent some facts. Lucifer was the angel of music. He was literally the choir director in heaven. Do y'all really think that when we talk about the prince of the power of the air and, and the actual spiritual battle and spiritual warfare that's going on that we're just like preaching, like that's real. T spits that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've been in studios with some of y'all's faves who y'all like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the reason that half of these people are drugged up out of their mind is, and whatnot is because that language of the soul that we all call music yeah, they know that what they're putting out there is garbage, but they're being pushed by labels who want them packaged and pimped and ready to go. So at the mm-hmm. end of the day, if we really want music and art and whatnot to come back, because you also have to remember that music is how our people communicate. 
That's how we even were able to have a revolution. That was the right. language of revolution. So if we decide that we're going to dull down the music and just have the music be soulless and whatnot, mind you, when there, there's a time and a place for all of that. Trust me, I'm the last one to be like, yeah, I don't listen to City Girls. Nah, bump City Girls. But there's a time and a place. And if there's an oversaturation of just foolishness, and then we're running around like, oh, why are the kids acting the way they are? I can, I can tell you for a fact, when those kids come in after just trying to S themselves or whatever the crap, the first artist that they're asking me to put on is X, Travis Scott, all mm-hmm. of all of these people who I know. For, and I'm like, Psh, the other ones can do it, but I'm not I'm not going to do it with you. We're actually going to talk and have a conversation because I'm not going to sit here and be mad or be frustrated by a generation that doesn't know how to communicate without me being, you know, let me step in and be your old head for the next 30 minutes. What's on your mind? You know what right. I mean? So I they like- don't know how to talk. That's why even like with Juice World, you can hear the pain in his music. Uh-huh. I mean, there, there's certain times like when I listen to his stuff, I can't listen to him all the time because there's times where I turn it on where I feel okay. Then when I get done, hell, I want to pop a perk and, and, and you know, you know, just be depressed and sad. It, you exactly. know, because you really feel that, but that's because they don't know how to communicate. So they're putting it in the music. Which is fine. Like, I would much rather, like, with Eminem, like, I would much rather you write a song about wanting to kill your wife than you actually go out and do it. I would much rather you put it in the art or put it in your music or talk to somebody. But, which is why that's, like, the healthy outlet side of it. But the problem is, you see this man suffering, and instead of you stepping in and be like, okay, cool, whatever, whatever, notice M was also popping pills. Like, all of mm-hmm. these people are super duper addicted. And it's because oftentimes creative people, they we're, we're haunted by a level of just we can perceive stuff. So when we see the, the, the degeneracy and we see old heads complaining about kids that they raise and a generation that they raise, you know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden... We, we sometimes you feel like popping a perk and every single generation does that. So I encourage everybody, no matter what generation you're from, really uplift each other. You don't know what's going mm-hmm. on in that next person's life. It, it's it's stay in your lane. You got traffic in your way, lane. Keep the eyes on the road. But if you see somebody swerving next to you, that's not the time to be filming. That's not the time to be taking out your phone and oh, my God, look how funny this is. No, you need to really help and lift up and empower each other. We can't keep complaining about how ratchet everything is and how bad everything is. But when the opportunity comes up for for supporting somebody, like y'all better go follow a uh, big daddy, big zaddy, or whatever. <laughs> zaddy, oh, right? <laughs> you know, and you're right about that. And I think the reason why sometimes older folks definitely live in that nostalgia bubble, like oh, back in our day, wasn't like this, and they didn't have that. Well, that's because there was more variety. People forget about that. You know what I'm saying? So remember, at the same time when hip hop was popping, we had groups like N.W.A. You know, they were just the thugs of Compton, you know, F the police. We also had Digital Planets. I'm cool like that. We had Arrested Development. So I think that's the problem is back then, let's say you weren't into hardcore rap. You could listen to Digital Planets. You could listen Mm -hmm. to So For Real. There was just so many choices. So you never really had to expose yourself to that type of music if you didn't like it. But nowadays, there's not a wide variety. It's literally, I don't care if I'm listening to this female rapper, this female R&B group. It's like the same topics, the same thing. There's not a wide variety. Everybody's talking about scamming, you know, fucking for a bag, 
how wet their wop is, can't keep a man. You know, it's, it's like the same thing. And even thing. the ones who can rap, like Megan can spit. That girl is yes. talented. I'm like, you still going to talk about this? Again, same thing with Nikki. I'm like, Nikki, you paved the way for a lot of these girls. You could talk about way more than this. I get that. Yeah, this like is at what point do you evolve? Mm-hmm. At what well, point do you just... evolve? Like to me, once mm-hmm. you hit a certain age, I don't want like because you're not living that life. It's no different. Think about exactly. it. When people hold male rappers accountable, like Jay Z, you're not living in the mossy projects. You're not selling weed anymore. You're not moving crack. Let's stop. And he elevated right. his raps. So I feel the same way about some of these rap girls who are, you know, in their late 30s and 40s. I don't want to hear about how wet you are, and I, I don't care, ma'am. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah, that gone. sounds like I something you need to bring you, your gynecologist. Yeah, like. I can see if you're 19, 20, whatever, you're finally discovering yourself. I don't want to hear, like, even with little Kim, like, you have to evolve. That overtly sexual shit after a certain age is not attractive. Just like if you're in your 40s, I don't want to hear about you running up on people and, you know, mm-hmm. robbing bitches and stabbing. Like, man, no, you're not. You're breastfeeding. Calm down. You know, well, not, so- <laughs> not only that, but like Jay-Z is a, a multimillionaire, if not billionaire. You have all of these successful people. Like if, if the argument for ratchet and low vibrational stuff, I mean, I think it's just you're pushing it because we're approaching the end of days. That's why you're pushing it, because that's what's selling and that's what people want to distract themselves with. But if the argument for ratchet and low vibrational stuff is, well, that's what they want to hear. No, people have been begging for a while for a sound, not just a sound of a good beat, but like something that actually speaks to them. Like people don't all the time want to hear about ratchet stuff. Sometimes people need some encouragement. Sometimes people Mm -hmm. need some empowerment. Sometimes people need to hear that, you know what? No, it actually does suck right now. No, I'm not going to gaslight you into believing that one thing is something when you could see with your eyes that it's something else. Like people want to hear that. And so I'm sure that there is an artist somewhere working in their basement on that record right now. So when that artist does come out, y'all, we need to push we gotta their- support them. Yeah, that's the main thing. Because I think there's room for all of that stuff. Like you said, exactly. if City Girls comes on, I'm definitely going to two-step and uh, twerk something. But uh-huh. then, you know, when it's somebody like a Jasmine Sullivan, we still got to get behind them as well. Exactly. You know, just, just like we did back in the day. Like, we didn't necessarily just knock N.W.A. or, you know, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. We listened to their music. But there was also balance. We also made sure to support groups like Arrested Development, Digital, digital planets and things like that. And that was the difference. Nowadays, it's, oh, well, they're boring. That's not my cup of tea. F them. They're not as popular. They don't have as many followers. And for us back in the day, it wasn't. We just consumed everything and exactly. just supported it. So I think we need to get back to that because there's definitely nothing wrong with raunchy lyrics or, you know, even low vibrational lyrics if that's what you're into. But then we can't complain if we never also support the good. Exactly. Well, on that note, you you made some good points, Nina. Thank you so much for calling in, sis. Thank you, thank you. Love you, too, sippers. Love you, too. Bye. Okay, so we got one more caller on the line. Joshua O'Neill. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hello. Hello. Let me say this. I am a big fan, okay? Like, I started watching you back in, like, um... Back when, like, I think I was still in high school at the time. And I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, I love her, you know. Because she, you always, you always gave me, you, I feel like God sent you to me. Let me just say that. Like, he really oh, wow. did send you to me. Well, because thank you so I didn't, much, Josh. I didn't know any of this stuff. So, mm-hmm. but my thing about it is with, like, the music current today, 
is that label I, I don't remember the lady's name but she was um I, I was on TikTok and it's weird because always the good it's always the good stuff on there. She had said to me, I mean not said to me, it was like a video. She was she worked in the industry or something like that. And she had said like in the nineties they had so much money to where they invested in acts that were going to be generational acts, like for the next up and coming generation and whatnot. And she said when the two thousands hit, that kind of stopped because they started to invest in white girls that sounded like black girls. Mm. So that's where you had Ara Levine. Yes, you had mm. you had um uh what's the other white girl name? Her she's this is still J-O, Jojo. Jojo. When they invested yeah. in her, they invested in like and then like from there it's like it just went real pop because then you also had like Taylor Swift and Katy Perry and Gaga. And the thing that made it just so unfair is that also the industry changed the music at that time. So the black girls couldn't adjust to the music. The males did, but the women didn't. So you had the only two you had left at the time was basically Beyonce and Rihanna. They just, you know, you you rarely saw Brandy, you know, she had albums, people slept on them. You know, you had um, you had Keisha Cole. She had albums, people slept on them. You know, you had all these girls that they produced, but nobody really wanted to invest. But I think the reason why they didn't want to invest, because that era of investing in those black girls that can sing is over. And it's time for these girls, these white girls to have their shine. Because, you know, I'm not going to lie, you know, when you had, you know, Christina Aguilera doing her thing, trying to be black or whatever, you know, it was okay at the time because you still had irrelevant black girls, mm -hmm. you know. You know, it changed when, you know, when they started investing in more white girls. And when that changed, then that's when they started to make more pop music and more music for girls, you know, those young white girls. It wasn't for the black girls anymore. It wasn't for just black people in general anymore. So that's just yeah. my opinion. No, I mean, I definitely agree with that. And that makes a lot of sense because by like the late 90s, 2000s, like 2003-ish, you had a lot of those acts, you know, because when you think about it, even now, the industry will pay more homage to a J-Lo than an Ashanti. Yep. Ashanti literally carried J-Lo's whole career on her back. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that says a lot because Ashanti, every album... You know, I would say the first three, I haven't listened to like her most recent, was a bop. I yeah. mean, her pen game was crazy. And the mm -hmm. fact that she does not get the props that she deserves to me is insane. You know, but yet you have J-Lo performing at the Super Bowl and then now complaining about it. Talking about, oh, well, she shouldn't have had to share the stage. Girl, you lucky you were able to yeah, maintain a career it's, it's, all these years, ma'am. It's like you, you, you got your nerves because it's like you can't even sing. Right. At least, at least, at least, at least, uh, what's the girl name? Oh my goodness. Um, when she was performing with Shakira, at least she <laughs> yeah. could sing. At least the girl had something to give. You, you don't have much to give. Your career is always been fabricated, you know, and just with her in general, she's just nothing but the version 
of Beyonce, but the Latino version. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all that they put her to be. You know, at first she was competition for, you know, um, uh, what's her name? I don't forget getting people's names and whatnot. Um, she just Carey? The, yes, she was competition yes. for Mariah Carey. And then as soon as, you know, Mariah Carey just went on about her business, she just kind of like, kind of stayed in the way. It's just, it's not fair to the other girls that this has not happened today. And the thing about it is with a lot of the girls now today is that, two, you also have to be like a Chloe and have a Beyonce in your corner. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the girls don't have a Beyonce in their corner, so they don't have somebody telling them, well, this is how you do it, and this is how you go, and this is how, because we all know that girl is set up to be a big success years to come. But what about those other girls that need that success as well? You know, what about the Normanis? What about all the other girls that are coming out? Because there's plenty of them out there. I listen to all of them. You know, Mm -hmm. they're all out there, but nobody talks about them. What about a Brie One Way? You know, people, I don't even think about Brie One Way. She comes from the UK. She's a she does dance hall. She does all this music, and she sounds so good. But was she on that stage that night? No. Mm-mm. But those other girls, they did what they came to do. But again, we just need to start listening to other people that have the talent. You know, the other ones that that get their little singles that go, you know, number one. That's cool. But we need to also give energy to those girls that don't have, don't you know, like, them. yes, mm-hmm. Definitely. So that's just my thing. OK, well, Joshua, thank you so much for calling in. It was very good talking to you. You made some great mm-hmm. points. Yeah, because I know all this because, again, I'm only 20. I was born in the 2000s. So I know all this information. This all this all this is new to me. So, well, that's amazing for as young as you are. You've really done your research. Yep. That that says a lot. That's a testament right there within itself. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later, okay? Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys. This has been an awesome show. We had over 1,200 people come through tonight. I appreciate everybody. I know we had a lot of hands up. We could only take on so many calls. But I think one of the takeaways that we can take away from everything that was discussed here tonight is to go out and support some of these artists that are not as mainstream, that are not viral on social media for whatever reason. You know, let's try and go ahead. They named a lot of good names during this podcast. So definitely write them down because there's going to be a lot of people I'm about to check out just from this, you know, podcast as well. So I think that's the most important thing is that, you know, if we don't want R&B to die and we want to, have a resurgence of good R&B music, we have to support these artists because nobody's going to keep homing their craft and putting out music if there's nobody there to listen to it. You know, and I hope in the meantime, Versus gets their stuff together and the people who are in R&B currently and who do have a name and who do, you know, who are popular, y'all need to be appreciative of that. Because it's the fans that have supported y'all over the years. So the respect factor needs to come in at some point in time. And if we have another versus like this one that we just had, where people are two hours late, not respecting the platform, not respecting the audience, I will never tune into versus again. Mark my words. I don't play that. I'm big on my energy and I don't like my time being wasted. 
So, you know, we have to hold people accountable. People treat us how we allow them to treat us. And I'm not going to allow verses or anybody to treat me like that again. So they need to step up and understand that people are demanding professionalism. I don't care if this is them singing on the internet or them on the Grammy stage. You treat the audience with respect. So on that note, you guys, this has been an awesome stream. Once again, thank you so much to everybody who came through tonight. I will talk to y'all later. I'll probably try and do a live stream tomorrow if I have time because I got to fly back out again. But thank y'all for stopping through. I appreciate y'all. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.